This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Balog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're kicking in a bunch of heads and faces as we watch spines 268 and 269 in the Criterion Collection, Youth of the Beast from 1963 and Fighting Elegy from 1966, directed by Saijin Suzuki. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. you sound so clear i always sound clear man if you're if you're not hearing me that's that sounds like a personal problem um it clears me with the wrong word for it but i mean it's like there's a there's a it's a coldness to it it doesn't have it lacks a certain buzzing warmth that i've come to know for so long is it uh some people are gonna ask are they using discord finally no. Well, Jared, are we using discord finally god no no that's the, that's for role-playing games well, what happened was uh, I finally got in contact with Jarrett's youth pastor, and uh, I think we've uh, absol- absolved him of at least one of his sins. So maybe that's why I'm coming in clearer. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe just for this week. We'll see. We'll see. If this episode even airs, we'll see. Yeah, unless it just disappears down uh-huh. a, a memory hole. Uh, what kind of hole? How's it going this week, RJ? Uh... A lot has happened in the world in the a, last week. A lot has happened. Well, I mean, there was lots of stuff in the in the United States. Uh, our provincial, really? yeah. Well, we talked about that last week. Um, yes, we did. Our provincial government is rolling ahead with uh, reopening the province, even though other provinces are going full in lockdown again. But you know, our guys are like, hey, <laughs> COVID, what? <laughs> let's let's just uh, roll ahead, anyways. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, we got that going for us, which is interesting. And uh, today we had uh, some of the weirdest weather I've seen uh, in a long time. Some real extremes. Some some real extremes. Yeah. Well, 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 last night was quite beautiful. And and then at some point this morning, uh, 120 kilometer per hour gusts blowing in some sort of strange cloud formations and mm-hmm. rain and some sleet and power going out which mm. uh over at the at the university i, mm-hmm. I had flickering lights which was a, a not not very common thing <laughs> i guess if that's all you had that's good uh, other places yeah. went full on out so my mm-hmm. place of business uh was operational so uh no change on our end yeah usually it's the other way around I know this, this, this side of Creepsville is the, the bad side of Creepsville usually, but, uh, yeah, uh, usually. So, uh, one other thing we can talk about, uh, did you use the Canada COVID, uh, vaccine calculator this week? I did, did not try. No, I did not. Um, I don't want to give in to the beast. Okay. I don't, I don't want to put my number in there. I don't. <laughs> Ah, well, all you, you don't have to put any personal information. You just put your age and then are you an essential worker or not? Wow. And there was like one other piece of info too, but it wasn't applicable to me. I think it was like, are you over 65? So you would have to file that one, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I put in my age, I put in my uh, status and uh, based on the Canada uh, vaccination calculator, which I mean, we'll see. Uh, but uh, it says my vaccination date is uh, middle of June. Oh, so that's cool, I guess. Hmm. 
if that's true that is if yeah if that's true if yeah if uh i mean i've uh i've pretty much resigned that uh the rest it's never gonna happen and uh every year they're gonna say you know maybe this year we'll get it done and then in 2022 they'll go you know this is the year things are finally gonna turn around and then 2023 they're like man new year new you right exactly this false concept of years and things becoming better it's just Man, not gonna, you know I, I i just read that snapchat has permanently banned donald trump oh man i think i think he was uh snapping a lot and he's probably on tiktok now and uh <laughs> i remember he was trying to uh trying to block that one altogether yeah well i mean it might be his only option now though yeah when oh the irony when's his only fans gonna start uh he might need that money he might well i, I did see in the news today it said jobless women with only fans mm-hmm. selling nudes can no longer afford their bills and i said but accounts because is is that not technically a source of income well you know whatever's making you sound clearer uh it's just like it's like the same old problems <laughs> what only fans should i talk no. about incels uh, no, not yet. That's for later, apparently. Uh, but no, yeah. uh, just audio drops. It's beautiful. Oh, so there's no winning, re- regardless of what uh, what server we use. That's right. Or host, or, I or should s- say. Yeah, service. What service we use? Okay, well, that's good to know. What product? It, it all. It's all trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world is a bad place. Mm-hmm. Full of bad people. Full of the worst people. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was trying to uh, post uh, some funny dank memes uh, the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just time has gotten the best of me. I even tried something else, which we can talk about later or now. And, you know, it's just uh, time has gotten the best of me. So we you haven't know? been perma suspended yet? Anywhere? Not yet. But I did post a picture of my toilet on uh, Instagram yesterday. So I don't know if uh, in the story section. That is high risk. I did see something about uh, that one iconic photo of Burt Reynolds uh, out on the bearskin where he's just, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out. And apparently that's enough to get kicked off of Facebook. That is enough to get kicked off of Facebook? Yeah. Apparently back in like 2018 it was. And then they mm-hmm. apologized. But apparently it's happened again. What if you, what if you use um, like copyrighted uh fast food franchise symbols is that actionable do you think is that enough to get banned from uh facebook or well absolutely not oh good it that files under parody does it not as long as you're trying to make money off of it we're not but uh instagram uh definitely uh flagged it and says looks like you have branded content maybe include your sponsor and i was like we're not getting paid really oh, really yeah you didn't see that no <laughs> yeah instagram and facebook both were like looks like you have branded content there friend maybe oh, you should include see, your sponsor the algorithm knows well that was because i i hashtag or well i said rebranding in the post so they're just like <sighs> branding but it was supposed to be a fun joke it's parody jared mm-hmm. these are characters we play for a podcast everything Everybody. it's all coming full circle yeah well this week's been something a lot of a lot of late nights for me doing what Watch, paying, watching the news <laughs> oh there, there was like there was a lull though on the weekend yeah there, there was a big drop off um 
compared to like the, you know, that Thursday and that Friday. And then it kind of picked up a little bit, a little bit today. Uh, there was a little bit of us, a uh, little bit of steam rolling today, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately is any of it going to matter? I, I honestly don't, I'm not trying to be cheeky. It's like, I don't know. Does any of this matter anymore? Um, We'll see. We'll see. Remember like four years ago bef- during the election campaign when it was like, this is going to be the one that gets them. This is sure going to be the one that sinks them. And then every week there was another one. This one's going to sink them for sure. It, this one has, a, I feels like it got a little bit more teeth to it. Mm-hmm. But then what else can happen from that? Uh, penniless on the run in jail. Mm. <laughs> Would that would he be actionable against afterwards? I mean, more so than he is right now. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find out what January twenty first looks like for DJT. That's coming up soon. DJT is he friends with uh, GDT? Guillermo del Toro? Do you think? Oh. What about JT? Oh, uh, True Daddy, as uh, <laughs> some people like to call him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. So you've been watching the news this week. What else? I've, you I've been, been um, painting, painting, keeping the dream alive. Really? And did you paint anything cool this week? I finished up a Chaos Lord on Demonic Mount. That was pretty good. A okay. Skink Star Priest. A what Star Priest? Skink Star okay. Priest. That is a Seraphon Lizard Man from Illustria, RJ. And uh, what 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 does that entail? I don't know. It's like a little lizard dude who's a little shaman. He he, he casts spells. Does he have green skin, gray skin, or red skin? I went with um, kind of a blue and orange. Okay. Is that Using, standard, or did you just riff on it? Uh, someone actually had a tutorial on YouTube, and I just wanted to try out the color scheme. And I happened to have that exact model, so I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, damn! Well, goddamn!" So I fired it up. You know what that reminds me of? What? Remember in Billy Madison when he's like, I painted the duck blue or I I colored the duck blue because I've never seen a blue duck before. And to be honest with you, I wanted to see a blue duck. Do you think that's why you did it? Uh, Mayhaps. Okay. You want to get some emails? Do we have uh, how many we got? We got females in there or what? Mm, Nope. Not a single female. That we know of. Oliver Granger. Oh, he could an, be one. With an email entitled Speed. Oh. Hey, creeps. Finally catched up to the pod, but I think I'm at the point of no return with how behind I am in the criterions. Mm. I currently have no desire to watch films, let alone fucking French films, although I am a big Suzuki simp. So Ooh. to catch up, I speed you guys up to 1.3 but the speed you were talking gave me anxiety. Now just doing 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, so I've heard, uh, so I think I I settled on 1.3 when I was listening at podcasts. I used to audiobook at, um, I think, two times, but that was, that was pretty wild, man. You had to mm-hmm. be on your toes if you're listening to two times speed. Or stick to Stephen King. Uh, you can listen to Stephen King at two times speed. Yeah, I, I yeah. imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, big time. What about you, Jared? When you consume content, do you do it at a speed up ratio? I I don't actually do the speed up thing. I don't no, know. no. 
You just listen in real time? Yep. Oh, man. It's all about... You lose the cadence. Mm, see, but it's like uh, it's like a few people have pointed out that they were listen- they listened to us sped up, and then when they went to real time, they're like, you guys sounded like... Uh, I think someone said hard R's. Republicans? Uh, the other hard R. Oh. Ratatouille. P.S. Yeah. How, how bad do you think human races breathe smells in star trek what how bad do you think quark and wharf must be horrendous to kiss i think he's saying like how bad do you think their breath is right i guess well what do you think quark's breath smells like well he eats maggots right yeah they eat bugs yeah bugs and maggots yeah eggs and such yeah Mm -hmm. um and those little fangs Mm-hmm. Uh, Worf. I mean, I imagine Worf's on a lot of meat. Yeah. Well, I mean, Klingon teeth are pretty jacked up, except for that one episode where mm. they forgot to put Worf's yeah. Klingon teeth in. So, yeah, they. I mean, both Klingons and Ferengi have pretty jacked up teeth. Which one do you think would smell worse? For breath. Yeah. Oof. Well, I mean, Quark's like. I mean, actually, both both those dudes look like they they keep care of themselves i mean War- look at that hair uh well i mean wharf does have pretty maintained hair right mm-hmm. and cork 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 dresses pretty dapperly uh oh I'm yeah not, Quark, and Quark's i mean six style i think that man's all about presentation and perfume and so i mean it would be mm. t- kind of surprising if he overlooked uh his breath well and there's that one episode where uh they talk about ferengi tooth sharpeners Mm-hmm. Uh, cause so it's like, I guess a toothbrush and, uh, but Worf bought it because he thought it was interesting too. Yeah. So yeah, I bet Worf's breath smells worse, but I think he's working on it. I think I would guess. Yeah. You there's know. probably, there's probably stinkier. Who do you think the worst breath is? I'm going to say Dax. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, I don't know why you say Dax, but I imagine like, what does Borg breath smell like? Well, so like Borg, they Does, have... like, do, do the do Borg brush teeth anymore? Like once you become assimilated, yeah, uh, I but, doubt it. Well, but like, make, well, you'd think they'd have to maintain their bodies to a degree. They got to keep their those drones in shape. I mean, teeth can go a pretty long time, but like, do they eat anymore? Do they get just like protein injections? I was going to say, I doubt that they eat anymore because it's probably like a Jem Hadar thing because the Jem Hadar, all they need is that like sweet opiate uh, so what, tube. What happens when you, like, your organs, though, stop? Like they, they just start rotting, probably. There's be a little bit of rot going on. Maybe they replace them with mm. uh, like cybernetics. Oh, yeah. You, you didn't uh, get to first contact, did you? Uh, I'm going to watch it this weekend. Okay. Because, yeah, th- those are a little bit more necrotic looking Borg. Than okay. we saw on the TV show. Yeah, I uh, so uh, Jay Duncan here pointed out that uh, where we are in DS Nine is exactly the time that uh, First Contact aired. So I will watch it this weekend. Okay. Yep. It, it was just like you got to the theater late, and this is back when movies played like for way longer in theater. It's like I I, I didn't go opening night because the crowds were too big, and mm-hmm. I went the weekend after, which is you know pretty typical for how we would uh, <laughs> we would go to movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 
who even goes to movies well i will be this weekend uh i rented the theater out just for first contact uh the theaters are dying anyways so you know that's right they, they really needed the eight bucks just like the airline industry yeah but i mean who's flying anymore who's flying right now you know sugarhead oh big sugar what's he up to first sugary email of 2021 Ooh. hey jared and rj hope you guys are doing well I've been on an absolute Duncan-esque pace with movies thus far in 2021. Some have been great, Mulholland Drive. Some have been Ooh. bad, The Lodge. And some have been pretty good shows, antiviral. Bit of a Ooh. different question for you guys today. No food, no movies, but hopefully it sparks some discussion. Would you rather fight 100,000 aggressive ants, okay. eight angry squirrels, mm -hmm. or one mad raccoon look forward to hearing your thoughts on this i'm off to finish a gundam cheers sugarhead Ooh, big gundam boy over there huh um so as many people know i don't condone violence of any kind uh i do have an answer for this i don't i wouldn't want to do the the raken because i think rakens are pretty sweet uh i wouldn't want to do the squirrels either because i do have a soft spot for uh those rodentia type uh mammals um i would pick the ants uh because i wouldn't feel bad crushing them because i don't give a fuck about insects uh and what i would do is i would do like a crocodile spin like a turbine thing and i would just kind of roll over trying to squish them all as much as possible that would be my answer also, <laughs> my mind just goes to that last shitty indiana jones movie rj oh the uh yeah. the, the, the flesh eating term uh and termite monsters i by shitty did you mean one of the good indiana jones movies just because it has aliens doesn't mean it's good rj hey if you find another movie that nukes a fridge you tell me about it until then this is mm. going to be the top of that pile okay so that that constitutes good now huh yeah sure. I, I have to go with the ants you pick the ants too yep oh no, nice i, I don't want to i don't want to you know mess with these angry but adorable mammals with, with I, puffy tails I agree. I agree. Rat uh, rakins are pretty cute, man. I, I, and, I feel like this is telling me more about Sugarhead than anything. Oh, so you're questioning uh, their uh, or Sugarhead's uh, agenda, maybe? Yeah, his his moral fiber. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, are there any animal themed Gundams? Is there like a bear Gundam? Oh yeah. Oh cool. fuck. There's there's all sorts of bear Gundams. Oh, they're like but they're Gundam Gundams, but Bandai makes them. And they're all okay. colored and cute little bears. Oh, yeah. Bears are, are uh, definitely a thing. What other animal Gundams are there? Uh, that might be about it, <laughs> honestly. Oh, so just by chance, I said bear and bear was the right answer? Right. Hmm. Cool. Imagine, imagine if you could bring that luck to other aspects of your life. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh. I mean, one time I won a draw for uh, an old football jersey. It was like 30 years old. Wow. But it wasn't a collector's. It was like an actual worn one from a high school. So it wasn't, it's not worth anything. That's, that's immense. So uh, I think things are uh, coming up my way. You know what I mean? That's right, Millhouse. Everything's coming up, Millhouse, baby. Mm -hmm. Nice. It was good yeah. to hear from uh, that big sugary bastard and uh, Oliver Granger as well. Sam number two. Oh, yeah. Lesser Sam. Yep. Hey again, guys. It's been a while since I last wrote in. 
I believe Christmas, New Year's, and an attempted coup have all transpired since my last email, as yep. well as a big wrestling death in Mr. Brody Lee. And not sure if Jared or, or RJ are a fan, but rapper MF Doom's death was announced on New Year's Eve, though apparently he died back on Halloween and was kept silent for two months. Yep. Just a wonderful few weeks, it seems, since my last email. Mm-hmm. All, all, all true. All those I things are true. The, I don't want to like. I don't want to pin Sam for anything, but maybe all those things happened because he hasn't emailed. Oh, man. You see, Do you know you, what I mean? Are, are you saying he's to be blamed for well, everything well, that's happened? I mean, for, he... For uh, Christmas? Uh, New Year's? Well, I mean, I don't know. Coos? I don't know. Maybe, Is, I don't Maybe we'll see if, uh, if from now until his next email, we'll see what happens. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Brody Lee death sucked. Uh, I don't know that dude, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, he would, you'd probably, you'd recognize him, the wrestler, old Luke Harper. I did see the picture and I was like, I kind of know that guy, but I don't have any like attachment to that person. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's just more of a bummer because it's like he was one of those guys that uh seemed pretty talented, had mm-hmm. a lot of potential, a lot of that was squandered in WWE. He left mm-hmm. and then he went to AEW and mm-hmm. He just started like kind of going places, starting to build up a name, and then he's dead. Pneumonia, apparently, Pneumonia. or something, something lung related that was not COVID. Hmm. So, so like, that, so it's very sad because he was only like forty-one. So, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, very right, out of nowhere. And and MF Doom. Yeah, Do what's you- your opinion on that? I know you're a big Doom boy. Ah, uh, I mean, I saw it, and it was like the most confusing post i ever read where I'm, I'm look at this photo mm-hmm. and you're reading this thing from his wife or partner jasmine mm-hmm. and you're like is he dead because <laughs> it could be read in a lot of different it could be read and so there's people need a clarification and finally went yeah he died two months ago and mm-hmm. we just didn't talk about it till now and it's like huh i might do the same when you go I yeah. might just keep the podcast going and like use samples of your voice for other episodes and it'd be like, yes, RJ, I don't agree. Ha 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 ha. I'm a bad guy. And I'll just keep it going for like probably a year. I might try. Well, you got to think with all these the, the hundreds of hours, hundreds. I don't know if we're mm-hmm. at, I don't even know how many hours there actually are so far. I hope someone figures it out out for us. Someone, There's got to be some kind of st- statistician listening that can do this. Yeah, you s- just download all the files, open them all up on your iTunes, make a folder, mm-hmm. and let us know. Yeah, I would be really interested to see how much time in my life I have wasted on this. Well, and that's just on the podcast, not the movies. Not the movies or all the stuff that doesn't get released into the actual polished up episode. Oh yeah, Test, testing out new software. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, been a beautiful, beautiful last few weeks. Best weeks ever, actually. For who? For you or for someone else? Just wanted to email oh. in to simply chime in on a few random things. I finally recently upgraded to a 4K TV and 4K Blu-ray player, so we'll finally be able to take advantage of that sweet Dawn of the Dead UK box that I bought last month, as well as the Aero Video Tremors 4K. Ooh. You, you can have that as well, RJ, for the low, low price of, I think, $70. Holy shit. For I think Tremors? It's 
yeah well it's like for whatever reason it's also like out of print now and people are like even it makes no sense how how a big movie like that could be but it's like because maybe it's because it's the limited edition and then the regular one will be available and no one will care about it but it's like because that's what happened to the uh gamera uh box set that came out last year and they just sold out everywhere and people are selling box sets for 500 bucks even though they're getting re-released as two separate era boxes for a third of that price. Mm-hmm. Very frustrating. The, the bummer, of course, I didn't realize that it has a booklet in it that reprints the uh, Dark Horse Gamera comic from like the 90s, which would have been kind of cool because I think the actual issues of those are probably worth like more than it would have been to buy the box set to get the movies and get the comics. So, alas. So you're telling me you're only telling me now that there's a Gamera comic. Why haven't we? Why haven't I seen this before? Uh, I didn't even know there was one, and then I read the announcement. There was one in the in the nineties. It's like those Godzilla comics from the eighties and nineties that are also worth like fifteen twenty bucks a pop. The Dark Horse ones, not the Marvel ones. And you couldn't get me one of those either. I we had a set come in actually, but someone paid premium prices. I could pay. Uh, I could no, offer no. a trade. Uh, no, I don't want what you have to offer. Uh, yeah. A dangerous avenue I've opened up to myself. Uh, I have the 4K thing. To add to that, I've discovered that Australian boutique label imprint that seems to be releasing some interesting movies. And to test them out, I ordered RJ favorite Fire in the Sky, as well as Paul Thomas Anderson's Heart 8. Scared that I may have to add another label on the list to keep an eye on. Well, then your movies on your shelves will have friends always, Sam. That's true. That's true. And I mean, Fire in the Sky, that movie's just okay. But that, that 10 minute scene in that movie is phenomenal. So uh, think, well, it's worth it. The downside definitely is it doesn't have uh, a fridge and nuclear things happening. Exactly. There's few movies that do, Jared. The and only ones I know of are good. And, and no flesh eating ants. Yeah, so like and, and and no Shia LaBeouf. Talk about lose lose. Am I right? <laughs> Coming back to working in retail seems to have somehow made me fall behind with the podcast, though. I finally caught up again and should mm-hmm. hopefully continue up to date going forward. Excited to hear Jared going through the Simpsons, though I tend to extend my love through season nine and still find some highlights in season ten and eleven, uh, even here and there. Season yeah, nine had the cartridge family episode. Cartridge family episode. I'm not sure about that one. I d- I agree with this sentiment though. I do think there's a couple good episodes in as those. As well as Homer goes to New York to retrieve his car Ooh. episode. Is that season nine? Yeah, that ep- that episode's very good. That's when the Chuds Home- got him. That remember? Is the- I know that. I've definitely seen that. But that episode, I always thought like had some. Yes, yeah, the first episode of season nine. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember the animation in that one felt so different from the usual episodes of Simpsons. It seemed a lot more um, zany, and I always thought that was odd. But having now, what am I, halfway through season six, mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely moments where it, it gets a little bit more loose with the lay- layouts and stuff like that, the, the keyframing. <laughs> I know you love keyframing, RJ. I'm such a big keyframing guy. Like, yeah. look at me. I'm keyframing right now. Right, right now. Yeah, right now. Uh, has yes, so that has the car episode, and also the season where Gil debut debuted. 
Gil. Gil. You know Gil. Gil Pison. He's the the Jack Lemon character. He's like the. Oh the, yeah. <laughs> you gotta oh, help oh, out Gil. old Gil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gil's pretty good. I like Gil. Yeah, see, there's some good episodes in those later, or like yeah. up until like 10 or 11. Yeah, I never liked those ones very much. There's like these things about them that are okay, but on the whole, I don't know. It, it, it was such a different show by then. Season 9 is around the time Phil Hartman died, and there was no mm. Troy McClure, Lionel Hutz. Seems after that to me, the show started to dip. I guess I that's mean, why they brought Gil in. <laughs> saved the show yeah yep. no that's the whole uh uh mike scully began became the showrunner and mm. he was a jerk ass homer is what excuse the me jerk ass homer is what the, okay. uh, the internet simpsons fan calls that period where homer just becomes an asshole but let me tell you homer was an asshole before then but it didn't become overwhelmingly so right yeah. What is that? Uh, is there a similar moniker that we can uh, apply to podcasters, perhaps? Maybe. Jerk ass Jarrett. Is that one? Also, last yeah. week you guys discussed your stats from 2020, and I feel pretty embarrassed how mine was. I hit a new high with 793 films watched last year, but also feel embarrassed that I couldn't sneak in seven more movies in there somewhere to at least hit that 800 milestone. I don't see myself hitting that high again this year, though. Lastly, thank you for finally realizing the failure to watch the Maxim Gorky movie. Meant to email in last week, but hadn't caught up yet. So I held off emailing on the off chance you would have watched it. So hop to it, guys. All right, that's it this week. Sorry for the lengthy email. Sam number two has returned. Well, uh, he shouldn't apologize for the lengthy email, but uh, I mean, the Gorky film, we're just doing double header after double, double header. It's tough. Fucking every goddamn week it's been three hours i know and a double head what do we have next week jared double header perhaps double, a double header what do we have the week after double he- header perhaps no uh just just one movie yeah but it's gonna be like nine hours long anyways you already know it will be it might be just is it just is oh, yeah yeah well it's good to hear from lesser sam do you have any input on uh, those things i can't even remember how we left off now that's about it yeah jared Berger. Correction to last email. Uh oh. Correction on last week's confusion. I meant to say news segment, not new segment. Hopefully, this reaches you in time. One simple question for today What meals did you have most frequently in college and why? Jared Berger, real guy. He's a real guy, Jared. He is. I can I can say this now. What was your college meal, Jared? You were an undergrad once. I was an undergrad once many yep. moons ago. Mm-hmm. I think like Boston pizza. Oh, you animal. You were a brute guy, weren't you? Just no. slamming down boss Boston no. brutes. I was more about that. Uh, the maple blondie. The brownie? No. Well, was it a brownie? It was like a. Well, blondie is like it's kind of like a brownie. It's like a cake yeah. brownie kind of. Yeah, thing. it's more. Yeah, it's somewhere in between there with the okay. Oh, that thing though, baby. I mean, that's gross. I thought I would have guessed if you were a brute or a stromboli guy. Just looking at you, I would have mm-hmm. said stromboli or brute. Um, what else did you uh, dive in uh, when you were an economy shopper? Pizza and fuck Boston pizza is so far removed from being economical. It is so expensive for what you get. 
Yeah, but it is uh you're usually in college when you're eating Boston pizza or like a family, right? Yes. Like I like you're not going to Boston or, pizza right or, now. Or or, or or a police officer fuck though. I I, mm. I do not really like I don't go to Boston pizza, no. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time since I've been. I don't plan to go back. It's good. Uh when I was uh when I lived in the States, um I made a lot of quesadillas in uh my dorm room. <laughs> because mm-hmm. we had a little microwave did, in there did you, did you put a little jalapenos on there uh no these were basically the cheapest quesadillas you ever saw i had tortillas and i had a bag of cheese and so it's just cheese microwave right slap it back uh some raw you know some ramen noodles um but when i so when i moved back home and i lived with a couple guys and i was a real uh um independent uh buyer um uh, this is when Andrea says I was malnourished. I lost a lot of weight. The only things I ate were the only things I could buy. It was basically Texas toast and uh, pierogies and like ego waffles. So that was all I ate. And uh, I think I lost a lot of weight, but it was an unhealthy weight loss. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, And I, I drank a lot of monsters at that time as well. But man, I looked good. I looked good. <laughs> Yeah, a, a friend of mine many years ago, Frenchie, he went off to school and apparently he was just living off of ramen noodles. Yep. And uh, yeah, he lost uh, a dramatic amount of weight. It's yep. just, but it's like I'm, I'm not sure what his sodium intake would have looked like. Oh, it'd be through the roof, man. A thousand percent every day. Yeah, through the roof. I have a follow-up question for you, Jared. Yeah. Uh, so if you're making Ichiban at home, which is a uh, ramen in Canada, or uh, like our our popular brand, yeah, Ichiban. Ichiban. Uh, do you you do like one bag for yourself? You eat the whole bag, right? Yeah, that's what I used to do. I haven't eaten one of those in like forever. Though. Yeah. Once in a while, I do get a craving for them, and I'll even I like them uh, when you just cr- crush them up and put the salt on it and eat it like chips, kind of. I like that as well. But uh, once in a while, I get a craving. But when I was in my like peak heaviness, I would make two of those and just yeah. slam that. But here's the thing. Andrea's family, they would make one of those and their entire family would eat it. It was like four people eating one itchy band pack. What? How is that even possible? I mean, if they really won't, like add a lot of water, it's like, ah, I got a noodle. I got a single noodle and there's a little fleck of uh, seasoning here and like some dehydrated onion skin. Uh Uh-huh. It blew my mind because she's like, yeah, we'd share one for a whole family. And I was like, I was eating like two of these in one go, (laughs) but I mean, I am a, I am a kind of a bad dude in that sense. That's kind of the thing though, with like pizzas and, uh, Oh yeah. Or Chinese food. (laughs) When you start doing the math on this stuff and you go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what is this all about? Or uh, did you ever uh, did you ever like really uh, pig out and just like buy like a grocery store cake, RJ, and just go? Oh, that's, I, I have, yeah. Yeah, and you're in your uh, darker days, <laughs> just go. Yeah. yeah, I want this, and then be like, oh, well, I better eat it before it goes stale. <laughs> oh yes, just, and just go. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have that for lunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, my preferred grocery store cake. I like the McCain cakes, like you know the ones that used to come with KFC, like the marble ones. You can find them in the freezer now. That was my preferred grocery store cake pickup, the McCain cake. That's good oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, out of the freezer. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like the marble ones. But KFC used to give them out yes, with like when you did. get the big bucket. Oh, yeah. Man. Oof, baby. That, mm-hmm. that thing, man, doesn't get much better. 
It does actually. It gets a lot better. Those are terrible. It doesn't get much better, my man. I mean, they're fine when you don't know how to make things. You <laughs> slam down two itchy bands and McCain cake, and you will <sighs> never. You're you're gonna be seeing colors that don't exist in the world at that <laughs> you'll, point. You'll, yeah, you'll be a growing boy. You just uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. It'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. Self actualization. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Finally. Oh yeah. Justin Peterson. Oh, baby. The email entitled Kurosawa Hate Train. Okay, wait. Before he even says anything, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to say, our Kegamusha YouTube comments were some of the most understanding comments we've ever gotten. I, let me, yeah. I was actually, that's a Which good is, thing to point out because, man, up, upon uploading that, mm-hmm. I, I see how these Kurosawa kids get. Yes. And uh, I was like, every time, and we got a lot of notifications. That oh, first, yeah. like, 24 hours, I was like, every time, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was all, it was all, it was fine. I was very, yeah. very impressed. People were very understanding. Um, and uh, on, on the flip side, someone just recently left uh, a comment on our Children of Paradise review. What? <laughs> I mean, let me read. Okay. You, <clears throat> you need 48 minutes to review one movie. I would rather watch the movie itself than spend 48 minutes listening to some guy talk about it. Is that it? That's it. Did they think we were one person? Yeah. Just one one, guy? One man. Well, let me... I don't know if this person understands how things work. If they they want to... But maybe they only heard me talking for a bit and they didn't hear you. Probably. It's possible. But if that person wants a one-sentence review of... Even a one word, I'll say shit or... Okay, if that's all they want, if that if they just want a bottom line, we can do that, sure. But yeah, the comments on the Kegamusha was was quite good. And before uh, this uh, Kurosawa hate train comes on, I find like I'm usually pretty good with Kur- uh, Kurosawa, and I didn't even mind Kegamusha, but uh, I do know where you stand on that. So, what's Peterson uh, into? It was interesting to hear JD's Kurosawa hate train keep on rolling <laughs> last week as it flattened Kegamusha. <laughs> uh huh. Hate seems such a strong word. Can't say I disagree with that take since I thought that one was also slow and drawn out with a handful of very pretty shots. I'm Mm. hoping your hate will come to an end once you guys get to Ran in a couple months since that movie absolutely holds up. I would also recommend those other Kurosawa and color movies you mentioned, Dersu Uzala, which some people say was the inspiration for Yoda. Also, hmm. it is on the channel and was a Criterion Laserdisc. Also, Do Des Kaden, which I felt was like a large cast Robert Altman movie like Nashville, was pretty good. Uh, are those future creeps? No. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess... Dersu uh, Azala was on the Criterion channel. If they're future creeps, I won't watch because, them. But, but if it's they're not, laser disc one day, like several years, several, several years from now. Okay. We'll get to those I, laser discs. I can't watch it until then. That's just the rule. Just a rule, right, Jared? Just a rule. But I look forward to that day. Yeah. I think Dersu Ozla, I think there was a Kino maybe of it at some point. I might be totally mm-hmm. wrong. On that. Like an old Kino DVD. Sports talk. Ooh. So RJ, what are your thoughts on the Browns knocking off your Steelers last week? <sighs> and what Super Bowl matchup would you like to see? As a Vikings fan, I despise both the Packers and Saints, so I would like to see Buffalo play either Tampa or LA. This is 
<laughs> I, I maybe this is how some of our listeners feel when we're talking DS9, but I, 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 I mean, I do know sports teams are from cities, and I recognize yeah. Buffalo, Tampa, LA, but Browns, Cleveland. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. That's all I need to know. Keep in mind, we have a, a strong Ohio fan base. Uh, Ohio? Ohio, which we've only just recently discovered. But I'm going to shit on them all right now because I think the shitty Browns are shit. And I always have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't mind their... Honestly, their plight like from being the worst team in the league for like 20 years <laughs> to actually being okay. Ohio? Uh, the, isn't that the home of uh, the, the great piece of shit Jim Jordan? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm just talking about our, our other Ohio brethren, uh, like, you okay. know, like Aaron Lang and Dave Chappelle. Uh, I mean, I would have liked the Steelers to keep going, but uh, if anyone was going to knock them out, I guess the Browns is okay because they're the browns uh my my matchup jared so i know you're a big sports boy big sports boy uh i don't like so here are the teams that are left jared and so why don't you just pick two teams by random based on their i had to ask someone on saturday yeah uh the comic store i'm like so is like the super bowl happening is that a thing that's going on and i'm like oh right because the pandemic's not real (laughs) <laughs> yeah well no so like there a couple teams had uh outbreaks and then the teams postponed games by like a week is what they did of course <laughs> well yeah there you go um but i know weren't they talking about like the nba kind of being almost uh having to shelve themselves because of outbreaks <laughs> and inconveniences yeah but also i think there's an economic or there's like a uh there's a bigger toll on this where it's like all these players are getting tested every day like chewing up resources for tests and stuff like that there's there's more problems to these things but here i want to do a little thing i'm going to read you the eight teams that are left just their like their what their team name is not even their cities and uh, you just pick two that you think sound cool okay uh, and then this will be your Super Bowl picks. Um, the, the Browns, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bills, the Buccaneers, and the Saints. Which two do you think are the, the coolest teams that should win, are, go to are the Super Bowl? Are, are the Ravens still in Baltimore? Yes, they are. Well, I'll go with the Ravens. Uh, so the Ra- Ravens, number one, that team is full of convicts, always has been. That's all, What's uh, wrong with that, RJ? Well, I'm just saying, con, what, uh, convicted what's wrong, felons. What's convicted wrong with felons. that? What's wrong well, with that? <laughs> well, Ray Rice beat up his wife in a uh, elevator uh-huh. one time, and he he actually didn't get convicted, so that's a big problem. Okay, well, well, or <laughs> we we all know it's like well, it wasn't proven in court; it must not have yeah. happened. Did you ever see that video? It's on the internet. He dragged uh, his wife out of the elevator by her foot. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah. So, uh, but also. The Ravens. Did you know what they're named after? Do you know what the Ravens RJ, is? aren't like, I'm assuming that maybe I'm being mean here, but yeah. perhaps uh, I feel like football might be rife with problematic figures. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of problems. So with let, the let, NFL. Let, yeah. <laughs> no, the only reason I say that is because I'm a Steelers fan and the Ravens are in the same like little okay. pocket. So it's always the Ravens are like one of the teams that actually always beats the Steelers. So I just like to make ah, fun. Okay. I love, yeah. I love, okay. I'm, that's a, that's a I'm personal. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm now a Ravens fan for life. Okay. Did because, you know that? You know why? Because, because of the homicide life on the street and the wire. Go Baltimore. Exactly. Be, be more. 
be more bullet more but uh here's another fun fact wow. that you might like uh RJ. what wow go ahead continue i okay i didn't know that was bad i had a friend who lived in baltimore and they called it bullet more once i thought that was just what they called it people call lethbridge death bridge that's the same thing right stabminton stabminton yeah uh my the one thing i was gonna say the ravens they're named after edgar Allan poe did you know that yeah because that's where he's from yeah interesting take so you're you're saying the ravens and then uh is there another team that you think would be cool i don't think you finished no i said all eight rams packers browns chiefs ravens bills buccaneers and saints what's a bill uh a buffalo i see and buffalo and baltimore are playing this week so they actually couldn't be in the super bowl together but if you if you think that they would make a cool super bowl you could just say that sure yeah i actually i agree i think uh i'd like to see the bills go that would uh, be cool a, a friend of mine kevin uh yeah. he's a bill he's a bills fan yeah i don't mind the bills they're kind of cool all right i mean so it's it. cool I, I, I will always go with an animal team yeah i guess yeah yeah, and they're well. I guess the Ravens and the Bills are the oh well. There's the Rams too, I guess. Okay. I also like the Browns because it's just a color. This is the worst. I hate it. Hey, it's... you're you're doing good. You're doing good. No, no I hate it. You're doing good. Mall talk. Oh baby. It was fun to hear JD mention me in reference to the Mall of America due to my family ties in Minnesota, but I don't recall mentioning that on the show. So who the hell mentioned Mall of America? Damn it. Somebody did. Someone did. Like, Someone did. This is... <laughs> In the last month, somebody did. I can't remember who. So damn it. But RJ yeah. did bring it up when talking about duck. Yeah, uh, mighty ducks. Mighty ducks. Two. Okay, that's okay. That's yeah. where it was. Since they skate through it at the start of that movie, yeah. growing up. Oh yeah, because yeah. Now I okay, that is right. It's because mm-hmm. we figured it out last week, and you know, memory holes. Uh, yep. Is that West Edmonton Mall? Yeah, I think that's we. Yeah, we we figure this out. But as we said before, as soon as we're done recording, we forget what we talk about. Growing up, I fondly remember going to the Mall of America and having to follow my sisters uh, get confused about the different, the several different Gap locations that each featured different departments of the store, mm-hmm. baby, kids, men's, and women's. Did you guys have a favorite store at the mall growing up, and did you ever work at the mall? I, of course, loved the game stores, KB mm-hmm. Toys, Spencer's, and stores that sold Jinko jeans. <laughs> when I got in middle school, but my mom worked at JC Penney, so I spent many, many of hours in that store and even worked there for many years in the shoe and men's suit departments. Yeah, I I was uh like raised as like a mall kid. Um mm-hmm. like with my parents, like that was what they considered a vacation was going to West Edmonton Mall <laughs> essentially mm-hmm. and going I to did that going- too. Going to malls in the various cities mm-hmm. and just hanging out at malls. So yeah, I went to a lot of malls. I don't really. I guess the thing I always would look for immediately was go to the little like directory of a mall and see if they have was like a toy store. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably predates you, RJ. But there was a toy franchise called Toys and Wheels. Don't know that one. So that that was like before Toys R Us. There was Toys and Wheels. And the greatest fraud perpetrated on children, I think, back in the mm. 80s and 90s, was the store chain called Grand in Toy. Okay. They were a stationary store. And 
<laughs> that's what they it's but this that's but fun grand and toy and you're like oh fuck mm. yeah grand and toy oh it's gonna be so oh no it's it's staples and like staplers and pens and paper i mean as an did adult, you get one no oh. it, it was the worst i hated them i hated them because you're always like you see toy and you're like no there's no toys here it's like adult toys i guess so people really get into their office supplies okay well i think i think you didn't give, give them a shot as a you should like as a child you should probably have um you should have bought a stapler you should have supported local yeah toys but yeah no uh toys and wheels was pretty cool mm-hmm. and uh my mom worked at the carlton cards at park place small oh yeah i think they a- just closed this year yes they finally did well, well there was carlton and hallmark yeah, they they were. I think they wound up becoming the same company, and now they're just yeah. gone, gone forever. But my mom mm-hmm. was uh, really into Carlton life, oh, and yeah. so I got to experience that quite a bit. But other than that, mall stores. Well, so before Spencer's, we had San Francisco. I re- I do remember San Francisco actually. That was the. Yeah, it was the same thing, right? It was the same thing. I'm, yeah, yeah. And but it was like always grubby. It always seemed grubby, and that was like the vibe they were going for. But then, mm-hmm. if you if you want some real dad jokes, whoo! Do you got any that you know offhand? Well, the one I remember off the top of my head was they would have like these plastic joke cards that you could okay. put into your wallet, and one's called like an idiot card. Oh, classic. Yeah, and it's it says the exact same thing on both sides, and then you just mm. keep you keep flipping it over and over again, you're just to hand it to people and go, mm-hmm. yeah, sick burn. Uh, my favorite is like guys that are like just standing around like little dolls, like toy doll men, and then you mm-hmm. like squeeze a little pump and they pull their pants down and they either show their Ooh. buttocks or penis. Yeah, pre- what? Penis. Holy cow! Yeah, that sounds graphic. Yeah, Jared. and then there are lots of uh, lots of bikini babes. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Well, kind just of just thing. in general, just yeah, lots of them all up, up up on the walls in the back. Very, it was a little edgier in the back area. Was the it like a beaded I... area that you had to walk through a beaded nope, drape nope, to get through? Nope, no beads. Oh, okay, so not a beaded area. No. Hmm. Uh, did you ever work at the mall? Never. Okay. I uh, I did. I, I worked know. at a uh, Jersey City for a couple months. Yeah, you worked in the sports industry. Sports, sports industry in the mall. Yeah, and uh, my favorite store at the mall was uh, Manchu Walk. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I still call it Manchu Walk, even though that's not what it's called anymore. <laughs> what, what, what is it called now? It's like um, it's it's a way less cool name than that. Well, no. Uh, I- yeah, my mom. My mom would uh, grab some Manchu walk after her job at the when she didn't work at the mall anymore. She would mm-hmm. still stop by the mall. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I'd always want it. And Andrew's like, "Stop buying Manchu walk." She's like, "Every time you eat it, you get sick." And I'm like, "I don't get sick." And then I get Manchu walk, and then I'd be like, "I'm sick. I don't feel I good." Know. And she's like, well, "Stop eating Manchu walk." And I was like, mm. "Never, never." Oh, I like Manchu Walk. That's my favorite store. No. Yep. 
That's your favorite. Okay. So RJ, <laughs> yeah. why as a big Chris Nolan boy, have you not watched Tenet yet? I saw it a few weeks ago finally and was very annoyed by how quickly its backwards gimmick got old. Look mm. forward to hearing your take on it. Yeah, RJ. Okay, well, there is an actual reason for this. I didn't go to the theater because I honestly, I didn't think theaters should be open. So I wasn't supporting it. And that's just my own personal thing. Uh, and then I knew, I know it came out like two weeks ago. And um, I had thought I was going to get it for Christmas from uh, my wife, uh, but I didn't. Wow. Uh, but uh, I do think it is in the horizon here. So uh, I'd say within the next two weeks, I will have watched Tenet, uh, Tenet so I can yeah, report I, back on that. I, I, I might have a digital code for you. No, that's a nightmare. <laughs> so uh, so you know how I, I watched Possessor? Mm. Uh, I gave my digital code to friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, and he's like, you don't want this? And I was like, no, nah, man. I was like, I don't fuck around with digital codes. And he was like, really? Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's just, it's way too much hassle. And then he was doing it and uh, he was just like, man, this is a pain in the ass. Uh, because like, especially because I don't think he's not an Apple guy either. So like to do the whole thing of getting, because he had an iTunes, but it had been like, out or like he had to like update it and like redo all his shit and get apple to like reactivate it and all that stuff or whatever but i'd be in the same bag where it's like i don't think i even have an itunes account right now so because that's the only way the digital codes work right oh well depends on where you're where the, where the platform is the possessor digital code was just for itunes okay yeah so i'm guessing tenant might be similar because and if that's the case then hell no but hell uh, i do no. think I, I will be getting a blue within the next two weeks. So it's coming. It's coming, you guys. And then you will be watching Possessor and Tenet and, around. And around the, sometime. Around, sometime. I have them. Yeah. Yeah. Goat's movie question of the week. I, oh, suppose, yeah. I suppose it is shame. We will not hear you guys talk about a Woody Allen movie until you get to one in the Laserdisc collection. Which one is your fave? And where do you stand on the whole separating the art from the artist conversation? I would go with Matchpoint or Annie Hall. And for me, I have no problem enjoying movies made by or starring awful people since I either don't care or ignore their personal life. It's uh, tough, but fair, I suppose tough but fair uh well where do you stand on this one Jarrett? well my favorite woody allen movie it's been a while since i've watched a good one because we what was that one we had we watched well, uh, uh, the, the one that you watched the midsummer one Fuck, sex comedy yeah i uh i i skimmed that and i was like nope and you and your description of it didn't sell me anymore on it yeah that was yeah. very bad I mean that it'd be weird. I mean, it'd be curious to rewatch Manhattan to see how it plays now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like a, uh man. Hmm. Hmm. Take the money and runs pretty fun. I think that movie's like very slapsticky and uh, kind of goofy, very different from his usual stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Crimes well, is good. Hannah and her sisters is good. Hannah and her sisters is a good show. I like yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, I think that one, I think that's a pretty good pick. Uh, as far as the the bigger topic of separating the art from the artist, uh, man, it's so it all depends. It, it's so it's hard subjective. to rank atrocities. Is that yeah, what you're saying? for sure. And it all depends yeah. on a person's relationship with the person and what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woody Allen, I 
I don't know. Have we talked about Woody Allen before? It's been caught. It's been brought up like kind of. Yeah. I think we, it's been brought up before. Yeah. And like, I, I read, I read the Wikipedia page and I'm like, okay, so all this stuff seems like it's been dismissed in mm. courts, which doesn't mean necessarily anything if you're mm-hmm. dragging people out of elevators in full it, view and and being <laughs> exonerated uh-huh. <laughs> like i don't know like so that, that doesn't mean anything either mm-hmm. uh, so i mean this is the thing this again it's all very subjective and i i often you know, throw out hey you know klaus kinski he's dead but his daughter said he raped her every night nobody talks about that jesus one. Yeah, so I see Klaus, I see old Klaus Kinski in a movie, you know, in a spaghetti western, and I'm go, oh, there he is. But I don't know, and that's horrifying. He's dead. Yeah. There's nothing can be done about it, and he just exists. But he's like every, I don't know. What what? How do you deal with this stuff like that? For some for some people's mileage, they are like they can't handle it, and they, or they don't want anything to do with it, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. not gonna fight people on it. Uh, when people start like turning it into something where they're on maybe on a letterbox page and attacking mm-hmm. somebody and lambasting them. It's like, are you aware? Are they, yeah. are you aware that Matthew Broderick <laughs> killed people? I mean, are you, that, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's so tasteless. I feel, I feel, it feels just like you're the other, the person might be taking some glee in it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who would and, do and, something like that? Who would indeed. So yeah. I don't know. It all depends. And then sometimes uh, there's a delicious joy of um, other individuals who get accused of things. And we all, we all get excited because like, yeah, we're going to get someone I don't like in the first place. Like Max uh, Landis? Perhaps. Uh-huh. But again, I don't think that's uh, that's all some allegedness right there. Uh, that one's been more or less confirmed, I believe. More, more or less there, I, I think uh, there was a enough people who oh there was a consensus yeah i think there was well i think there was what like 10 10 ladies that were like oh yeah this guy is a real bad dude so people are like 10 ladies Do you remember well again it, it all depends what we're talking about i mean roman polanski for some uh sometimes it's even like what, what people decided to depict in their movies which when mm. there's been no accusation it, i don't know it's so subjective ultimately yeah i'm just gonna let you handle this you can just keep digging yourself into this uh whatever you're digging yourself into i I think i'm doing just fine and rj has has, probably has he he hates matthew broderick so i don't like matthew broderick (laughs) that's about it that's about it he's also not a good actor either uh i don't know it's it's like i said it's hard to rank atrocities in terms of what people have done and what has been verified but uh I think when people, when it's all they they talk about, that can get a little bit um, annoying Mm. in a sense. It's like, I get it. Running them out of town on a rail. I don't know. Some some people deserve it. Other people don't. Some people do deserve it and others don't. And I think, I mean, my big thing too, it's it's like I've always said with like Mel Gibson, it's like, yeah, he said a bunch of bad shit, but at least he didn't like, he didn't run anyone over or he didn't like beat up a bunch of people. So it's like, is, is hate talk the same? I don't know. This is too complicated for me. Uh, well, let's just say bad things are bad. That's the hard stance I'm taking. Bad things are bad. Um, right? Food talk. <laughs> yeah, good, good. 
So lately, being on my diet, which is going really well with me down 34 pounds, I have gotten really into making my own fruit smoothies. My approach (laughs) is I basically cram every fruit I can find into it. But what are your favorite fruits? I would say oranges are the best, and I even eat the peel these days for extra nutrition. Fuck, that dude's got lots of fiber. Man. Lots of fiber. Some Some of that rind. Holy shit. A few weeks ago, I may have said kiwi to be different, but I recently figured out how much of a pain in the ass those things are to peel. Yeah. A lot of people are allergic to kiwi. Did you know that? I did not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, fruits. Tell me about fruit, you big fruit. Mango and cantaloupe are pretty good. Mango and cantaloupe are pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Those melons. Very good. Very good. And yeah, obviously, I mean everyone probably loves bananas right uh i th- i know some people who actively dislike bananas um but i mean i think if you're talking the fruit smoothie world strawberry and banana is a combo that oh yeah only orange julius has been able to tap into uh like just raw potential of that right mm-hmm. oh and yeah obviously oranges are fantastic oh yes yeah uh i'd be hard pressed to say um I mean, I think I do have an answer. Andrew makes fun of me. She says I don't eat fruit or vegetables. Uh, but you know what I like in things is blueberries. Hmm. I really like I like blueberry corn muffins. Blueberries. Like, or blueberry muffins in general. Like any any baked good that has blueberries in it. Yeah, that's some good shit. Hmm. I like that. Okay. I also like blackberries a lot. I, I find blueberries are hit and miss. Well, I mean, that's your that's just like your opinion, but, man. Well, bad blueberries can kill well, a deal. Yeah, but bad any fruit is going to be. But bad, so, right? there's some about blue. Well, bananas by their nature, when you make banana bread, they're they they are bad, but they're delicious. Yeah, but if you were going to eat it on its own, now an unripe banana. Oh boy, like a big greeny boy. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Big... But blueberries, like, there's something that can happen in baking that can, uh, I think, put one off. Yeah, I agree. Finally, video game talk. Oh, boy. <laughs> so what were the first Mario and Zelda games you beat on your own? <laughs> Up until N64, oh, I would always let my more skilled gaming friends help me beat games. So it was not until Mario 64 and mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda Ocarina Time when I completed my first quests to defeat Bowser and Ganon. Thanks for the time, creeps, and have a great show. Cheers. Well, Jarrett, let's have it. Uh, first Mario, man, it might have been Super Mario World. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we we had all of them, and I think I went through them in order. Or, or not Super Mario World. I think I went Super Mario Bros, then two, and then three. Actually, you know what? That's not true. Super Mario Bros. Three is probably the one I, I beat on my own uh, first. See, I, I, don't, I don't remember beating it on my own. Yeah, I'd say that for me. I don't think like I, I try to remember when I beat it. I definitely remember being Super Mario World and getting whatever all ninety six in the star levels and all. I cleared that whole game pretty Damn. thoroughly. Interesting. Yeah, I would say I'd say Super Mario Bros. Three for me, and then Link to the Past. Now, did you or do Ocarina it? Now, but but did you beat Mario Three Warpless? Uh, I mean, I have I, at the time. I'm not sure. I probably warped at when I was a little kid, but. Uh, uh, I, I since then I've I've beat it all. 
like in recent times and then yeah actually not even probably linked to the past yeah that that makes most sense and then maybe ocarina oh yeah definitely yeah well i don't know i don't know very many kids that beat uh adventures or uh zelda 2 zelda 2 yeah <laughs> no, no 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 one's beating zelda 2 <laughs> nobody's standing for zelda 2 no fuck that game uh i mean they tried something it didn't work but they it tried. didn't it didn't and then they abandoned it and that was good and then they did link to the past yeah so all-time all-time banger some would say some would say but yeah <sighs> what are you That's playing it. right now j-dog Ah, uh, what am i playing right now I did a little bit of Super Mario Brothers, like V1. V1? Yeah, version one, like the OG. Uh, okay. So I was just like, you watch some of these. So I guess mentioning like what I've been creeping on this week a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, on YouTube, there's just these documentaries on mm-hmm. the history of speedruns of these games. Yeah. And I just put those on because they're they're always they're done in this like almost hilariously self-serious way where it yeah. feels like they're talking about a real thing that's not just not like video game speed runs but mm-hmm. and you know that they, they run through playing super mario brothers and they make it look like the easiest thing you've ever seen in your life and you go how easy is it and then you try playing and it's like i just got killed by a goomba <laughs> and uh it's like huh well i guess these guys also put you know, eight, nine to 40,000 tries into these games to get good. What are you at? Like just 1,000 probably? I'm on play four <laughs> or something like that. I just, oh, just, okay. Just, just for like, and then I'm like, I'm going to slow down. That was my, my first mistake was not slowing down. And, and then, yeah. and then I still got killed by a Goomba well some people have said you're the goomba of the podcast world do you agree with that statement uh, of like just like a mushroom with eyes yeah with little little feet yeah maybe maybe that is accurate i think you're kind of a goomba dude what, what, what are you are you a bullet bill no i i mean if Cl- anything cloud guy i don't think i'm a cloud guy i'm probably like um I'm probably one of the like the jellyfish in the water levels, right? Or like one of the bigger fishes, just like floating around doing nothing, just like one of the fish boys. Yeah, for show, for sure, ball. Yeah, that's it for emails. That's one of the things I've been creeping on. Is yeah, YouTube. I can't remember the name of the guy. Something salt. Salt. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of these guys. Carl, oh, speedrunners. Yeah, or, the, could, or the, the the people doing documentaries on on the speed. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think they're also speedrunners, and the, the the way they talk about the community, <laughs> they're in the community. Was, the community, the, 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 mm. the accolades came in from the community celebrating the run, <laughs> saying this run will never be beat on July 25th of that year. <laughs> it's it's like sports. And uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, summoning salt is one of these guys, and then there's okay. one called uh, Bismuth, and uh, okay. there's the other guy. His name's Carl. He's Australian. He does quite a few of these, and but he's yeah, Carl Jobst. He does things on like the cheaters though too. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of cheaters out there. Yeah, there was some some big expose on the some Minecraft guy recently. 
with like millions yeah. of followers and then he yeah the people he they get too greedy like all cheaters who get caught they just they they push the boundaries especially when people can like actually look at the math of the probability of hey wait a minute this guy's drops are like at 15 percent. it should be at two percent the chances mm-hmm. of him getting this every single time are you know astronomical yeah well, some people cheat Jared. some people cheat in the criterion game too like they don't go spine by spine what like what is, what is that shit you know what i mean I, I was watching someone do a uh high, all-time high score playthrough of silver surfer for the oh, nes fuck. i yeah. own that game i still own that in uh, box rj i think i in box that's pretty good i think ryan has it but uh not in box Atro- i don't think at least At- atrocious yeah it's not good but it's it's cool you have it yeah it's like, i mean Silver Surfer's a cool character could have been a cool game but who silver well, surfer there's a cool character awesome music oh well at least you got music you just turn it on and listen that's true like, for fun for fun you know for about fun no oh right for fun no fun duncan no I fun forgot. duncan We're correct uh hi roger what should we creeping on this week I played some video games. I'm not going to talk about it, though, because I'm not done yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, I did watch one movie. Uh, you heard of this King of Staten Island? I have. And I remember, I think I saw the trailer for it mm-hmm. you know, a little bit ago. And I thought, that looks like a real RJ pick. That's the type of thing. That's really? Him. That's the kind of movie that RJ and Andrea watch. Well, you know who I watched this with? Andrea. Uh, so Pete Davidson was a person I had never heard of until it was the only person I heard of every minute of every day for a while. Like I think like a year or two ago and it was like Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson. I was like, who the fuck is Pete Davidson? I was like, I don't give a shit about this guy. So he's like, I'd say like the back end of millennial or possibly like back end of millennial early end of gen Z kind of thing. Uh, so he, like this movie is basically a biography about this guy, but uh, this movie is also a Judd Apatow film, Jared, who is a, uh, I got, I'm going to say it. I don't think Judd Apatow makes good movies like at all. I don't think he's very funny. And uh, if you go rewatch some of his like earlier Seth Rogen stuff, like there's a few of those things that are okay, but like go, go rewatch knocked up. And uh, you let me know if that's still a good movie, you know? Not you personally. I know you won't watch that, but no, but like other people who are Judd Apatow stands. I, uh, I don't know. Are there there many of those left? I don't think so. But a lot of people really hold on to 40 year old virgin, which that is a good show, but like knocked up. No, thanks. Funny people. Uh, uh, this is 40. No, not at all. I don't like, like almost any of those movies. I guess it's maybe freaks and geeks that people hold on to, but like, How much of that was he actually involved well, in? You know, he was, I think, pretty involved. Well, well, RJ, he, he what, what about his work on the screenplay for Heavyweights? Uh, well, how much of that was actually him? Is what I, I want to know. Celtic Pride, Walk Oof. Hard, You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Yeah, well, he's a better writer than he is director. Then Pineapple is, Express. Uh, yeah, Walk Hard, Zohan, Heavyweights all top-notch films but his direct directorial efforts knocked up funny people and this is 40 those are not good shows man 
they're not good. Uh, 40 year old virgin is good though. But this movie, it's basically, it's just Pete Davidson's life. Uh, it's like a kid who has anxiety, depression. His dad was a fire, like his real life dad was a firefighter who died in nine 11. So he's like still working, working through that and stuff like that. But I don't know what to think about Pete Davidson. I don't find him funny. And I think he is a comedian. So I guess I don't know about that. Uh, by the end of the movie, he's a little bit sympathetic just because you're like, yeah, I get it, I guess. But still, uh, would you be interested to know, Jared, that this movie is two hours and 17 minutes long? Oh, of course it is. And you really feel it. Uh, they good. could easily take out 40 minutes of this thing. Uh, but the big the big thing here. uh uh, Steve Buscemi is in this, which is cool. Bill Burr is in this. Bill Burr is really good in this. And then, uh, do you know Action Bronson from uh, The Irishman? Yeah, no. He, he's like a chef. He's like this really big dude with a huge beard, and he's like a rapper now. Um, but his name's okay. Action Bronson, and uh, he has like a five, like a like I don't know, a two minute cameo in this thing, and he is very good in this. I thought he was the standout. Okay, uh, this movie's. It's okay. I don't think like Judd Apatow is not a good filmmaker. Like uh, everything he does in this movie is the wrong decision, I think. And like, this is coming from the guy who uh, openly admits, I don't know anything about movies. And it's just like, I can tell it's like, I don't like how he films stuff. It's all mm -hmm. over the fucking place. Uh, so I don't like that, but uh, you would definitely not like this movie a hundred percent, which you uh, already knew. Yeah. But, uh, it was, <laughs> It was tolerable, uh, but yeah, Judd Apatow's not a good filmmaker, and this Pete Davidson dude, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to think of him. I don't, I'm leaning towards I don't like him, but what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Uh, that's all I watched. You want to talk about DS9? Fuck yes. How many DS9 episodes do you have? I'm up to episode 20, RJ. Holy fuck. I'm not that far. I know. But we can uh, we can talk about a few episodes. Sure. So where did we end last time? Five oh seven. We were, we were going to trip. You were halfway through eight. Okay. Uh, so five oh eight. I put Zack Snyder Odo one out of four stars. I did not like this episode. I am trying to remember what this, this is. The one where it's like the flashback. Yeah, and this one has Alien Red Foreman in it. Or, or uh, aka bitches leave bitches leave alien bitches leave uh so i i i did not like this episode uh it's got a decent imdb rating i don't know what you thought but uh my my review is eh yeah this would be a two out of four i guess for me yeah so this episode is like so odo he has this flashback things of, passed yeah things passed uh five uh oh eight and it's all about like how Odo had to make a hard decision. And then like, everyone's like living in his memory. They're like, Oh, and they're like, well, Odo, you would never do anything wrong. And then it's like, I did do. Sky. And then it kind of ends and you're like, you, see, I did do something wrong. RJ probably said. Yeah, I did do something wrong, but uh, I don't know, man. I, for some reason, I just didn't like this episode. And I was just well, like, I don't like that. They Zack Snyder Dodo. He's like, I killed them. All right. It was the thing I needed to do. And I was like, all right. Well, see, my thing was, this is a time to learn a lesson episode. Yeah. Cause it opens up with Garrick uh, being a, a quote, ob uh, objective historian. 
mm-hmm. uh, who's like, you know, because if for those not following with the DS9, so the Cardassians, they are yeah. the former occupiers of a planet called Bajor. Yeah. And they are like, you know, they were a total, they are a totalitarian regime. Yes. And they ruled over the Bajorans and they used them as slaves. Yep. And DS9 picks up with the Bajorans just getting their their culture back and liberated. being liberated. And the Cardassians have been pushed back. And there is a peace accord uh, that has like kind of neutralized this whole space between Bajor and Cardassia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and there's people who object to that called the Maquis. Yes. Uh, there are freedom fighters yep. that like are, I mean, also terrorists question mark uh yeah. it all depends on it's a matter of perspective and so that's the things that get kind of brought up on the show from time to time which kind of makes it and it's an ongoing story so unlike next generation which really had very few ongoing stories this one actually has like a very specific uh planet yeah with the bajor relations and its relation to the federation yep. and all the other races all vying for control and even some reconciliation uh which Truth is kind of which is which which is mentioned a little bit here and kind of because garrick's like well he's you know he's still coming from a position of being an occupier and saying we were doing them a favor mm-hmm. we were helping them and i'm just trying to be like you guys were lost without us and then it's mm-hmm. like but then would they do this uh magical flashback <laughs> and uh yeah. and then garrick gets to see what it was like to be bajoran from yeah. the, from the other eye like that's like one of the things that i thought was like ah okay <laughs> to show up, life wasn't like what you think is but then they don't follow up on that they they kind yeah. of just like drop that completely because it turns into the odo an odo an odo mm-hmm. like a stealth odo episode with dax and cisco yep um my notes are occupation quark is a jerk uh yeah he he was yeah because he goes to find some uh some bajoran labor because in this world it's like cheap labor because they're all basically you know uh they're living under the iron rule of the Mm -hmm. cardassians and they're like they're they're up on the the deep the deep space nine station which was a what we call it it's like a work camp uh yeah, yeah like and, a work yeah. camp i'm not sure what they're working on exactly but there was like this they, they're thing. building the station i think yeah then but they hung around as well and like so yeah. there's like undercurrents of like well they're like drug addicts to deal with their sorrows mm-hmm. and so you oh yeah we just finished getting high so like they they wake but like the characters wake up there in the bodies of mm-hmm. board men and young girl who in the past odo reveals to us uh they were tried for trying to make an, an attempt on Gal Dukat's life, who's one of our mm-hmm. our favorite ongoing villains on the show. But this is in the past, and you get to see what he was really like back back when, before the Federation gets involved. Uh, yes, so my next note was, of course, substance abuse. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, there's like this Im- implication of like Gal Dukat brings in Dax, the um, the female character, yeah. but she doesn't realize she's a child. <laughs> I guess. Uh huh. But but there's no like because at first you're like oh shit is this some real creepy vibes? But yeah. no he but it seems like no I just want someone I can talk to and yeah. like you, you you won't know any you won't do anything about it and uh, he can just uh yeah 
Yeah, Galticott's, uh, he goes, his character goes back and forth, right? Right. Like, sometimes he has moments like this. And then there was that one episode that I really liked where it's like, you think he's telling a really like, it's like, oh, he, he's like a nice guy. But then it turns into like, and he's like, and that's why I hate them. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. And then I made the note, bitches leave because yep. Red shows up as a yes, Cardassian that used to be do what Odo's job was in security, but it doesn't mm-hmm. quite add up. So they haven't really traveled to the past. What's going on? And there's these cut cutbacks to like the four of them all just like, cause they were on a shuttlecraft returning from Bajor and they all just passed out. Passed out. And now yeah. they're just being monitored by Bashir. And we keep going back and forth to that and be like, if they get hit in their dream state, they also have their nose broken in real life. And it's like, Oh, there's urgency because if they die in there, they might die in the real world because you don't the know. game you die for real jerk exactly your.com um then i said miss me dax is such a little stinker <laughs> uh i i don't know if I well, well, there's just a bit where she just kind of like pops up and she's like because remember oh yeah it's because they're in the prison cell and then she like oh, drills yeah. through the hole and she's like miss me and you're like oh <laughs> see they turn her into like a comedy she- character She's terrible. Yeah, Dax is <laughs> not good. And I've got a note about this in the next episode or two, but yeah, I yeah. I think what's was pretty pretty bad is her and Worf have no chemistry, none, yep. zero. It's so forced. It it sucks. Yep. And like they yep. and they I think they even know that because they, they spend do. they spend very little time doing it. But they yep. just have yeah, it doesn't work. They don't click. It's not sexy. It's just like oh. Worf's gonna have sex. That's funny. That's what it's played for. Yeah. Whereas like Worf with uh what's her face in TNG, you know, that was like I kind I was on board with that one for a bit, you know. Enzyme great link, whatever, sure. Because that's what the explanation is. Oh yeah. There's a lot of uh things like enzyme links and neural mor- mor- networks morophonic genes <laughs> sure uh-huh. sure some star trekism and yep. then I, I for some reason i had the line of i hope so and i have no idea what part that was see i have some stuff in here too where it's like i i have comments or like notes and I'm like i don't remember what that was it's completely Man. out of my mind now but at the time and and my final note odo war criminal <laughs> yep this is the season where everyone turns into a war criminal i found and uh i don't know how i feel about it but yeah i yeah I, well, oh yeah that's right <laughs> I, I, i'm like what, what's the, oh yeah 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 we'll it's coming up there. soon but yeah i that's what i mean like i didn't i didn't like the presentation of this episode and i didn't like i didn't really like the story either i was like oh it's like i don't know if i'm on board with this mm-hmm. so this uh this was is definitely a uh a pass for me like i think it's important for the storyline but at the same time i'm like i didn't like well, it yeah a little bit i think that's why i just get eh because at the end yeah. time it's like ah, i is this gonna come back it, it, it doesn't uh so continue okay uh so then we have uh 5.9 and i put the odd couples uh and this is a two out of four uh, for me and it's the odd couples because we get the Odo and Quark show. And then we also get the Jake and Nog show. Mm-hmm. Odo and Quark is a pretty good storyline. Jake and Nog, you're like... Mm. Roommates. Roommates. They're odd couples, Jarrett. Nog is surprisingly clean and responsible now. Jake's a slob. You yeah, so, so episode nine, The Ascent. The previous episode, episode eight, was Things Past. So uh, The Ascent is okay. Yeah. Um, my notes, Jake moving in with Nog. Yeah. And I spell that it's it's in it's J A Y K. 
in a Cisco fashion. Yes. So a- Andrea has an idea as, as to why Cisco talks the way he does, which I'll tell you off air, tell you off air, but uh, we think we've nailed down what Cisco's doing. Um, I, I, I wrote down Vulcan love slave first edition. Uh, which one was that? That, that is when um, I think uh, Quark is offering uh, to get, I think, what was it? Oh, Odo's reading like some bad romance oh, novels. Because right. so the, the, yeah. the shtick of this episode is uh, Odo is taking Quark off the station to another planet for yeah. a court date. He's like, oh, they're finally going to get you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm going to enjoy it. And it's like, they're, they're like on the shuttlecraft for like a week. And at one point, uh, Odo is reading some romance novels and there's a back and forth. And because uh, Quark's like, well, I don't even know what this is about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, uh, Odo, you know, if you if you want some real good stuff, Vulcan Love Slave, first edition. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, which is awesome because I think in one of the episodes I just watched recently, there's mention of Vulcan Love Slave 2 or part 2. Ah, so it's going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. And you like start met for a holodeck uh, ooh. experience. Oh, yeah. Vulcan Love Slave. Gross. Uh, my next uh, notes are dueling duos. Because uh, yep. yes, two uh, as you were odd couples, odd couples, uh, Nog pajamas. Uh oh yeah, Nog says pajamas a lot, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's cleaning up Jake's and <laughs> the way Jake makes a mess makes no sense. It's clothing just all over the place, and it's like, how? Why is there nine shirts in random places in the room? It doesn't make My sense. note here. So did Cisco fold Jake's clothes, or does uh, I'm assuming. or does or or does he have someone handle that? Because he's the, I mean, he's the commander. So maybe there's like a person that like cleans up, like a housekeeper. Maybe that's Morin's job. I don't think I'd be letting Morin handle my stuff. Well, you didn't. Well, why? Speaking why, of, speaking, why of, speak, speaking of bad breath, um, he's he's an alcoholic, clearly. Well, it's synth- synthanol, right? Or no, wait, Quark sells actual alcohol. Yeah. Um, oh, right. t- two actors pretend to climb mountain in makeup. <laughs> That's that looks like so. What happens yeah. is, um, Quark has run afoul of one of the like the mafias of Star Trek, yeah. And they set up they set up a bomb to blow it up and they beam it off. But that's part of the booby trap. Their shuttlecraft mm-hmm. lands on a like Colorado mountain and they have to like climb up to get their relay transmitter high enough to the atmosphere so that they can get a signal out and hopefully get rescued. So there's a lot of Odo and Quark climbing up a mountain and arguing and bickering. Yep. That's, and that's in, essentially in, the episode in, in makeup. Cause they have to like wear their Frank is a uh, Harmon has to wear his like Ferengi face. Yeah. And then uh, Rene Aubergenois has to wear his Odo face and they have to, yeah. and they have to, and they have to like do a lot of walking around. So. I like that. His hair gets messy when he yes. becomes disheveled, mm-hmm. disheveled. Um, who is the biggest failure out of these guys? I, I can't even remember what that's about. <laughs> oh, I think it, I think it's just Odo and Quark are like arguing with each other. And I think it's like who, who among us is the biggest failure. I think, I think it's, I, yeah. Or, or maybe it's Jake and Nog. So I, I, no, that, that seems more like Odo and, uh, Odo, Quark. Yeah. and then I think, uh, Odo's things like, uh, put my ashes in my bucket, shoot me to the wormhole. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did like that, actually. He's like, throw my ashes into the bucket. 
and like and, and what do you know see this is the so one of my problems with star trek in general is these episodes have a false sense of urgency because you know they're yeah. gonna be fine you, yeah. you, you never think they're going to die it's just like that wesley and picard episode where you're like, picard's gonna die and then they have a heart to heart because you think they're really picard, they're gonna kill off the main character i i mean i think that's what they should have done they should have killed off uh, o'brien and bashir in an episode <laughs> for, for shits yeah, well, I mean, no one needs Bashir. O'Brien's fine, but uh, I feel like you would have really felt it then if they had both died. You know what I mean? No. Get That's it. That's about it for my notes. Okay. Uh, what do we got here? 510. Um, Cisco gets autism. Two out of four stars. Rapture. Rapture, because he's doing the uh, close encounters thing where he's organizing his food in a certain way. I also have space vest because now Starfleet has vests, mm-hmm. uh, uniforms. And then I also put Cisco's girlfriend sucks. Uh, cause I don't like her. Well, you know? she you, did her th- time, but she comes back, but then she really imposes herself on uh, but, their life. But, but just you wait, you don't have to see her again for, for like a while. I get like, That's good. I haven't seen her now in uh, eight episodes. I totally forgot she yeah. existed. Well, she was in jail for a while. Right. But, but since then you don't see her again. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because I don't well, I don't like how she approaches the, Cisco and Jake. That's like the problem with all the like side romantic characters. side characters is they come and go. Like Lead is the only one that seems to actually appear regularly. But mm-hmm. like um Kira's got her dude that you never see. Uh yeah, and he really sucks. He comes back in the next episode when she's uh well, is that the one where she's given birth? Yes. Yeah, right, and, but, but but then he's gone again. You, it, yeah. you there's some comments about it, but you're like, Yeah, he's not a character. So like, do they just have these side character pieces that just come and go as the story dictates? And that's yep. what this was too. You're like, Yeah. So um the so rapture, uh yeah. this has a this has a cold open. Yes, it does. Um and I like, oh yeah, Ben solves the mystery the way Reddit does. <laughs> like, like it's so this is so goofball because there's like, ah, yeah. here's like this uh, was it diorama of this scene uh that's never been solved. And I look at this and I went, Well, there's a reflection in the waterfall of the thing on the other side. I mean, I've seen this episode before, but it, it seems so easy to solve but it's cisco who has to be like, ah but i see through it all and then he gets electrocuted for his troubles but now he's got profit powers yeah and he's just like <laughs> they're like we need to save your brain your neural nets are uh dying and he's like don't take away my gift he's yeah, like, I, I, I need I, this yeah so i mean this is like to me like a, a soft yes because it does put the story forward it does yep yeah i um, gave it a two uh there's a mention of quark talking about pleasure mazes oh yeah there's a <laughs> lot of pleasure talk in this uh, series of star trek and i someone says sex in one of the recent episodes and i was like sex i was like oh yeah the way they phrase it i was like that's off-putting <laughs> My, my next uh note was cisco phasering walls because he, so he's oh, like yeah. so he's finding he's looking for an ancient city that's been lost forever and the the prophecy is that the the chosen one will find it and he does mm-hmm. and he's like i'm gonna t- go de- teleport down and uh oh i think it's right here phasers a hole into these walls it's like there it is and it's like <laughs> this big it's this big thing You're like holy crap he found it and I don't think they play it as well as they would probably now, but they'd also like on a Netflix series, they would spend like five episodes on this one storyline. And here yeah. it's like, yeah, it's done in one. 
that's all it needs yep. and we're going to move along which is like it's such a throwback watching 1995 tv oh yeah there's a there's there's good things to this right where it's like yeah. you said some I, I think sometimes the netflix stuff it pays out when you have the big investment into it and then sometimes you're just like get to the point it's so drawn out yeah um, so i guess like the reason why this is an interesting episode is because of uh the cisco loyalties yes kind of getting set up because if he is this chosen one like when he's like so, so suddenly now he's like walking amongst the people and everyone's looking toward him which they've completely dropped since uh yeah because it's 90s network tv mm-hmm. and uh wharf man of faith wharf does a lot of stuff i mean it's and I've, I've said before i think he's a good uh uh addition to the show i think he he does help to mix it up a little bit but he's mm-hmm. only there when they need a wharf you know? they need, they need sometimes you need a wharf yeah that's it for my notes on that one okay uh 511 french extremist ds9 uh two out of four stars mm-hmm. yeah the, this is the darkness and the light and it's not a bad episode but uh I'll, I'll hear what you have to say um yeah this is a meh for me mm-hmm. this is the this is the period of time that burnt me out when i was uh I'm doing my rewatch. yeah because you're just like uh it gets better it it, it it kind of it improves but yeah this, this was a bad stretch and what a what a time to pick up the show maybe that's why i'm like a little bit more energized yeah but uh so this is a cure episode and this is where i noted there is no chemistry with these two dax wharf yeah, Dax Worf sucks. Yep. Transporter Corpse. Uh, oh, I, I I did like that one. Yeah. Yeah, where they try to yeah. transport the lady and it just shows up as a corpse. And it's like, oh, they died oh, in the transporter. You're like, cool. Uh, I suspect the writers won't be killing the pregnant woman. Yeah. So she's she's plot proof at this point. And uh, beating dudes up pregnant like because she, yep. she's like they're trying to stop her and she's just like flipping them around and uh-huh. making her way and then uh oh and then if the payoff is womb rating which is uh, of course reference to inside and uh french extreme mm-hmm. well i think the whole thing builds up to it this like saw-esque uh terrorist who's killing people and then it all builds up to this one scene he's like your baby or he's like you are guilty but your baby is innocent I will remove the baby. And it's, not even her, and it's not even her baby. No, it's O'Brien and Keiko's. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was uh, when I got to that, I was like, I haven't even seen inside. And I'm pretty sure that's what this movie, that movie is about is what's mm-hmm. going on right here. Yeah. So uh, it's, yeah, it's like I said, I, I actually, I'm feeling uh, the, like there was a. There, there was a what? A stretch of episodes here where I was kind of just like, oof. Yeah, like uh, a few, kind of like the next episode. I feel like they're padding some time out for they, some reason. Yeah, I, I feel like they they have they know where they're going, but yeah. they can't get there yet, and so we're getting a lot of character episodes. It's probably because they got renewed for like two more seasons, and they're like, "Fuck, we only had like half a season left to tell the story," and they're mm-hmm. like, "Make time." I don't. I don't know if. I feel like there's, I don't know. I'd have to go. Maybe there's like somebody who's written about this, like what, what happened with season five, because definitely by the end of this season, from what I was reading and then like six and seven are all like one continuous big thing. But this, this seems like, yeah, it feels very drawn out. This season's got some stinkers in it. 
Um, this episode, this next episode is not a stinker, but uh, it's not great either. So five twelve, uh, dad o two out of four stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is the begotten. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and this one's uh, Odo becomes a dad because they love giving like those characters like uh, Data becomes a dad in a couple yep. episodes of TNG. So this one they're like, let's make Odo a dad. But and, then so, they also and a stand-in dad. A stand-in, and then this is also their opportunity to retcon their uh, cliff uh, like postseason cliffhangers and things like that, where they're oh, just yeah. like, he's <laughs> like, should we keep doing this thing with Odo or should we? Uh, you know, should we should we go back? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I started out with, did Quark just sell Odo a baby Yoda? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what Quark has sold uh, and bought in children a few times. Yep. That's a few what, times. That's, that's what Ferengis do. Yep. Uh, jar of piss. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yep. Yeah. So the whole shtick of this episode is that uh, Quark has obtained a baby changeling. Yeah, and his gift sold or given it to Odo. It's not really clear. And uh, Odo's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get it to talk and like communicate. And of course, because he was once a little baby goo as well. And mm-hmm. so his like surrogate father shows up, the Bajoran guy who had to study him. And they, it's all about like them like not liking or Odo resenting him and trying to do things scientifically the way he would have been treated and them co- coming together, working through troubles, having an understanding, having a breakthrough, and then tragedy will strike. Mm-hmm. So yes, the fathers and sons on full display here in oh, yes. uh, this episode. I feel like bad dudes of Starfleet would be running like crazy to get that goo, which is weird that that didn't come up. You think that like the usual bad Starfleet people, like with data, they're like, oh, androids aren't people, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're weapons. And that, that didn't come up in this episode because that wasn't the point of it. But Starfleet's always seems so shifting. You're like, huh, they have an opportunity to study this. And uh, I think they'd be all over that goo. That is the Starfleet uh, MO usually. You'd oh. think an admiral would come in and be like, "It's our property." Uh, Kira's hunk? Question. Yeah. That's that. That's oh. yeah. That guy sucks. He just he doesn't do anything. He's yeah. just, he's just you're here in the show episode. Yeah. Um, I'm wrote, of course, Kira is home birthing. Well, it's Bajoran birthing. It's all and, about being yeah. calm, Jared. Yeah. And then, dead goo, sad face. Yes, dead goo. But then it, rebirth. But, Rebirth as it absorbs into Odo and yeah. he, he flies into the hawk and you're like, yeah, he's back. And then he lands in like a Freddy Krueger pose. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the elongated arm. arm yeah. and he's just, ha oh. yeah. And you go, Odo. Odo. Yeah, he doesn't use his bucket anymore. Nope. He just is a mass on the floor, just a, a glob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he likes. Yeah, so it's, this episode's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's just there. It's just there. Uh, what do we got next? Um, Cisco the terrorist, <laughs> and I, do, I I legitimately don't know how to rate this out. Of Me neither. Because Me like neither. I th- I find this a really complicated episode because the way it ends, it's like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, <laughs> this kind of goes against everything. It and does. Like, Cisco the bad guy? Oh, to this, yeah. I'm glad you agree. And I'm yeah. not surprised because, like, I was like, I'm like, finished this episode. I went, what? And then I read, yeah. like, 
uh, Rick, Rick Berman talking about it. And he sounds like a fucking idiot when he's talking about this episode. Okay. Like, okay. Like, so, what did he say? Well, I'll or, get to okay, it. So, yeah. so episode 13 for the uniform. Uh, I didn't write. I, didn't, I don't have a response to this yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, so Cisco as Ahab. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So because he, he's after his white whale. Uh, he's after Ed, his white whale. Ed, Eddington is back. Mm-hmm. He's full Maquis, and he's all like, oh, "You can't get me." The whole episode. Mm-hmm. Jean Van Jean, you can't get me. So he's a bioterrorist. Yep. Because um, they basically the whole thing is they're all, he's on the run, and Cisco suddenly has a real bug up his butt about Eddington, mm-hmm. uh, like basically being a shitty Starfleet officer. He's got a lead, and he's like showing. He's like doing his own like hunt for him like he's going to like undercover to track him down and eddington won't kill him he leaves him alive and you're like what's Mm -hmm. up with this what's all this about it's like well because marquis don't kill we just create situations where people die that's that's kind of like their loophole they're like okay sure yeah Um, that's that's like isn't that what Zack snyder was saying about uh batman he's like batman doesn't kill people his gun kills people and then you're like uh (laughs) what yeah but anyways yeah same idea yes so um yeah the whole episode is like it's about cisco's obsession with catching eddington uh starfleet takes him off the case um and they get like another like a jobber starfleet guy to do it and then there's another clue and they get led out stray and it was all set up and more mocking like <laughs> got you again cisco and he's like have you ever read les Miras miserable les misera mm-hmm. yeah yeah and what happens then oh so yeah my note was your goddamn maki because this is like for my me jumping back into this, I'm like, oh right, this is a whole thing. You're like something that no one cares about, really. It's yeah. like we don't need the Maki anymore. They seem less important now in the grander scheme of what's going on. And so what the whole thing is that they want to like repatriate some planets where yeah. there's like generational people who are being uh, pushed out because of this agreement between the Cardassians. Like I guess they're yeah. settlers though too uh yeah it's kind of confusing it's like yeah it's like the planet was founded and then there's other people and it's like but now they have to leave and it's it's a whole thing and there's people who don't want to go and they were never asked they yeah. were, or it's just what it is and stuff like we don't agree with it but it's, it's we have to ask people to leave and so the marquee are kind of in the middle and they're but they hate the cardassians but they're doing terroristy things or more yeah. um re- rebelling uh, mm-hmm. guerrilla warfare but here eddington steps up a notch and it's like we're going to do a little bit of uh uh you know accidental genocide if you happen to stick around because we're going to use this compound that only attacks cardassian blood and mm-hmm. will kill everybody via the atmosphere if you don't leave mm-hmm. and so they they get that off one time and they're just like oh and then eventually uh cisco who's like keeps being referred to as a villain the other guys treating himself as like a robin yeah. hood figure he's like well then i have to behave like the villain and if they want a villain i will give it, them it's, it's like kind of like kirk. It's, it's like kirk it's like the, when people make fun of uh, the shatner yeah. accent cisco's accent's way worse than kirk's it's, it's peculiar yeah. so but it's like it's not as it's not as crazy as it was earlier on but sometimes yeah. his delivery is uh it's it's nuts the way he talks curious so <laughs> yeah. what does he do well he's like i'm going to use this thing that only targets non-cardassians on a planet to draw out eddington 
And he does. He biological. Fucking... <laughs> and he bombs an entire planet, making it in inhabitable or inhabitable for like what a hundred years or something for, like that. For only one particular group of people yeah. who have who have time to get off the planet. Uh huh. And but still and. Yeah, so, but that's like yeah. the context of it. And of course, Eddington's like, you wouldn't dare. He's like, oh, but I did. And then it's like, okay, well, it's like, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm just going to keep like going planet to planet because they have to leave anyway. Yep. And this is how we're going to make it happen. And yep. he doesn't clear this Starfleet. And then Eddington's uh-huh. like, well, don't do it. Don't do it anymore. And it's like, fine, I'll. I'll. So he, and he like allows himself to be handed over to yep. Starfleet for prosecution. And they're like, and then there's like, you know, Dax is like, you never asked permission to do that, did you? He's like, it must have slipped my mind. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, this is insane. They they play it off as funny. And like, number one, Dax, it's like I said, they're making her like comedic and she's never funny. But then Cisco, like, because he's doing it and like Worf and Kira are like, uh, you can't use a biological weapon uh, on a planet. And he's like, watch me. And he'll do it, and then you're just like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so it's whoa. actually it was actually Ronald D. Moore. Okay, uh, they... or, or sorry, that's him talking about the. One second. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Is that the Battlestar Galactica guy? No, Ronald yeah, D. Ronald D. Moore. No, he's the guy who came up with the Hollow Communicator, which does make sense. Yeah, that, that, of, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's that's where this was introduced. Yeah, where people like have hologram representations of themselves talking in the space rather than on a giant on screen. screen. Yeah. Uh, view screens, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Let's see how to deal with it. Girls' problems. Something about five. Okay, no, they're talking about where's the actual line about the justifying why this episode is what it is. Justifying the the terrorism. Oh, here, no, it is. Here it is. Cisco's actions in the for the uniform generated a lot of discussion. Ronald D. Moore commented, "Now we've stirred it up and let people really argue about this." Cisco took an action and took a step that probably Picard wouldn't have. Probably, probably. That's, that's what made it an interesting episode. I could see Kirk taking this action. I disagree. It seemed to me like what Cisco did was basically level the playing field again. Eddington goes and poisons some worlds, put some stuff in the atmosphere that makes the Cardassians have to leave. He didn't destroy the ecosystem or the biosphere because he wanted the worlds for the Maquis. Cisco did the same thing, but did it to the Maquis, rendered some world some worlds uninhabitable to oh, human yeah. life. It was pretty drastic action. He's out on the frontier. He has some difficult decisions to make, and it solved the problem. He pulled Eddington in off his ship, and he got results. I respected him for doing it. It was a bold decision, and it worked. I think sometimes the characters have to do the right thing, even if it's difficult, and make a tough decision and not worry so much about keeping their hands clean and not be so obsessed about what the rules are sometimes. I think that Kirk was more than willing to bend a rule every once in a while to serve the greater good. I think that's what Cisco did. Uh, I disagree completely with ev- all of it. Uh, Kirk and Picard, they did some, wa- like Kirk especially did some wacky shit. You know what he never did? He never like full on bombed a planet. Uh, this is some real storm the capital bullshit in this episode. <laughs> and like that explanation is like, yeah, it was a little crazy, but he did what he needed to do. And it's like, I don't think so. 
this kind of goes against uh now I'm kind of seeing why these uh these bring back optimism and hope uh, Star Trek people. Like I like the the gloominess of DS9. But uh yeah, I I think this I really I didn't know what to think of this when it ended. I was like, "What?" And the fact that there's like no ramifications. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just like on TNG he would have been put on like trial because there was episodes where it's like data and Picard were put on trial for like minor decisions that they made that like uh, affected like a couple people what, like what Cisco did was he made like an entire planet uninhabitable. And it's like, but these classes well, not, not, are like, not, not uninhabitable, but to a certain people. Right. And yes, then it's just like, that, and that, then that, you're that, creating refugees. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just well, be but, like, but they, but they already did that. Right. Yeah, I I know. And like, that's the thing. It's like, just because it's going to happen, he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyways, then and speed it up. It's like, does that make that right? I don't know. Well, that's, that's, that's the discussion that we stirred up. Uh, Ron, I, Ron Moore. I mean, you can, you can create discussion for a lot of reasons. I could be like, I could yeah. go take a shit on someone's car and they'd be like, why'd you do that? And I'd be like, see, we're talking about it. <laughs> I think Kirk, I think, I think Kirk would have done the same thing and they go, what? <laughs> and you run away. Yeah. And then, well, and then, yeah, it's the same mindset. Kirk would be like, we're talking about it now, baby. But Kirk would never like throw the shit into a person's mouth, which I think is what Cisco is doing. Yeah, I don't, I, I really, when this episode ended, I was honestly just like, what is going on in this yeah. show right now? I was like, and that's where I was just like, what is season five? What is this? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I was like, I'm so, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This episode is very strange here. Yeah. I didn't even read it. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know, man. Very bizarre. Uh, so for the next, I only watched. So I watched one more uh, and then oh, I, yeah, but we'll it, wait then, but then it's, it's a two parter. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll, we'll stop wait till next week. Yeah. Cool. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, got any news? Um, well, I already talked about those only fans. Uh, so I ran a contest this week and uh, I didn't put all the essential details into the contest. Um, so there's, there's no one really eligible to win. <laughs> But I mean, I did pick out a few names. Should I do it or should I just like, should I try to do this better uh, again this week and then do it for real next week? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> do it. Maybe do it again. Okay. Yeah. Cause so I put, I, I had vague details on a contest and a few people tried to enter it, but uh, no one actually kind of, I thought everyone was familiar with the like, share, subscribe, comment, take people kind of thing. Uh, but no one did that. Um, a couple people commented, but, uh, that's it. So <laughs> maybe I'll do it next week and uh, we'll, we'll form a, we'll form a better post. So all those people who actually did contribute, I thank you. And uh, I'll, I will carry your names over to next week where I do the random name generator and we'll do it on, uh, on air. So, uh, my bad. Uh, we'll try again. <laughs> okay then. Yep. Uh, and Beautiful. that's my news. Okay. Yep. Time to talk about some movies. Uh oh fuck we do a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, about P- Criterion movies. Whatever that means. Uh, um shit. What are the movies you watch? Oh yeah, after, after the break, um we're going to go get like weird surgery on our cheeks and go undercover and mess up some gangsters and some women and masturbate to pianos. Intel. 
こんなことどっから流れてきた。今日一日中うちの縄張り荒らしまったそうだが。元公園なんか恨みでもあんの。暴れたいから暴れて、殴りたいから殴ってだけだ。先だって花から底にいるご婦人みたいなのいてくれた
And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about Youth of the Beast from 1963 and Fighting Elegy from 1966, both directed by Saijin Suzuki. It's been a while, RJ, hasn't it? Since we've uh, had a visit from our good, close, personal friend, Suzuki. Uh, well, it's been at least what? When was Tokyo Drifter? Like three years ago? It feels like it feels like a long time. That feels like f- first 100 spines, potentially. I'm not going to look it up. I know we could, but. Well, it has been. It, it was February of 2017. So almost uh, four years. Almost. Good timing, though. Hey, it's funny how uh, the timing of these things always work out, you know, it's just magic. It's been a it's been a little while, and I know people weren't particularly fans of our Tokyo Drifter uh, reviews, but uh, Randy to kill. Yeah, see, I don't even remember what the other one was called. That's how much but, I care. But you you remember the style and vibe of those movies? Oh, I remember there was a definite vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh that's what the kids are talking about these days, right? Like vibing and mood and aesthetic. Well. Let's talk about Youth of the Beast from 1963 oh, sure. first. No tagline, sad, and uh, mm. a synopsis from Letterboxd. When a mysterious stranger stranger muscles into two rival Yakuza gangs, Tokyo's underworld explodes with violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, That's it. accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my... Uh, my big note here to start off Youth of the Beast is Yojimboing. There is a bit of Yojimboing in this one. Which is interesting because RJ, in uh, several episodes in our DS9 reviews, there's an episode that involves a character also doing a little bit of Yojimboing. Which one would that be? Quark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little Yojimboing here and there. So what do I mean by Yojimboing, RJ, when I say that? Uh, are you talking about like a samurai who comes into a town and is like good at stuff? And is like... Well, what does he do when he gets there? Fuck shit up. He plays two sides off one another. Mm, playing both sides so you are always you always come out on top? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> That's Yojimboing. Is it you? So you are you saying that Mac from Always Sunny got that from Yojimbo? Potentially, like you saw Yojimbo. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Whatever. I was trying to find you a uh, um a tagline. There is none. There's a poster, but it's in French. Would you okay. like me to read the French to you? I prefer not. Are you sure? Do you think the listeners would share that sentiment? Yes, absolutely. de la bête, la vie du un tatou, la vagabond. De Tokyo. So that sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyways, what were you saying? So, anyways, uh, Youth of the Beast. So uh-huh. this movie opens up with a. It's, a, it's like a, a murder and a suicide. Uh, a double suicide is how a, they describe a, a it. A double suicide. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's black and white, with a burst of color. Like Steven Spielberg. I was going to say that they went the Schindler's List approach. Do you think mm-hmm. that they got it from Schindler's List? Uh, doubtful, RJ. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got to ask. You got to ask. You don't. But oh, yeah. 
so youth of the beast um we have a man joe shishido mm-hmm. uh he's uh playing joe mizuno <laughs> Uh, which to be honest i think that that's pretty good so pretty real good yeah (laughs) Yeah. i it fits for what i like but whatever so uh this he's a cop he's a different kind of cop and he's going to go undercover he's he he's going to be a thug and he's going to infiltrate so well how do you infiltrate a a a mafia a, a, a yakuza rj uh as as demonstrated by this film you just beat a lot of people up you you kick a lot of heads in you beat some dudes till you get their attention and then they go whoa 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 what are you doing beating up our dudes and it's like oh you go to the pachinko lounge and now you're 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 beating guys there too just kicking their heads in taking Mm -hmm. their pachinkos and their their cash their their yens and you're Mm -hmm. spending it like it's your own and then uh you, you go right to their club where you think the boss is and uh, you call the, the girls over. They all hang off of you, laugh at all your things. You treat them like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Put ice down their back just because you're a dickhead. Uh, yeah, I mean, but that is that is a schoolboy mentality, right? You guys mm-hmm. do. A lot of guys do that kind of stuff. It's a little weirder when you're not a schoolboy anymore. RJ. We don't know this guy's age. He could be 15. <laughs> He's a hard 18. <laughs> He's a hard something. Well, he's a hard man. He's a hard man. Yeah, yeah. my uh, my first note was so this dude just beats people up? No. Question mark. Yeah, when not getting his cheekbones artificially enlarged. <laughs> so wait, what is the deal with that? Like, so his huge chipmunk cheeks. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that was a good decision? Um, I mean, it makes him. We're talking about it. You're talking about it. I mean, know. when when you look up cheek augmentation, he's the first picture. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Do you think that dude did it in real life? Yeah. Yeah. But why? I mean, because he wanted to like, be like, ha, ah, cheekbones. That's what people want. Who do you think like the like American like old celebrity version of big cheekbones would be like that they're modeling cheekbones off of? I don't know. Like uh, Abe Vigoda, <laughs> potentially. He's all chin. Yeah. I just throw. I'm just throwing out like a potential example. Okay, well, that's a bad one. It's a bad one. Oh. So okay. he shows up, and they're going to like teach him a lesson, but he gets the drop on them because he's just that damn good. He gets their gun. It's like I want to talk to the boss, or it's like I'm going to blow you all away. It's like, well, I'll pay him more because they think he's a hitman. And he's like, I work alone. And he's like, I want a salary. It's like, okay, we'll give you pay a what's it like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a year, and but I want twenty thousand a month. And they're like, okay, sounds sounds like a plan. And this sort of attitude, oh man, the ladies love it. The ladies give those little eyes, like, ooh, I like this dangerous man who takes what he wants. Mm. So he gets taken off to meet the boss. He's got his name out front of his uh, house, mm-hmm. and they're all they're all sitting around plotting around a table. Um, one one of the henchmen has a big fluffy cat. Yes, he does, and yep. uh, he's very affectionate with this cat. Yep. Even when he's like buffing his knife on the cat's fur. I saw that, and I was like, "That's questionable." But uh, he is very like he he he's very friendly to the cat. Some would say maybe too friendly, but uh, mm-hmm. that comes later. Yeah. 
So he signs up with these guys and he's up to, he's going to get up to no good. And you're like, what's up with this? What's this movie about? What's with that? Th- that those dead people at the beginning that killed themselves. Mm-hmm. What's up with this? And um, we get introduced to the rest of the like rogues gallery of toughs. So yeah, there's a Riddler. There's a killer croc. There's a, yep. there's an electro I think in there as mm-hmm. well. And uh, there's a few, there's a few yeah. others. There's a, there's a gay man. Oh, that's a, that's that's one for the rogues gallery for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. of course, that gets brought up, and there's some beatings. Again, there's always people getting beat up and people running away. Um, there's women being humiliated, slapped around, <laughs> uh, grabbed at, violated. That's just like kind of a undercurrent here. Um, but yeah, then uh, Joe he winds up going to the other guy with a, mm-hmm. a shotgun and. He he shakes him down too, and he joins them, mm-hmm. but but by not killing them, and they're like, okay, we'll take that deal. This is the place where the movies always are playing. Yeah, that's all. That's all I can really describe it as, because mm-hmm. there's like no characters in this. There's no like, oh, I I remember this person very vividly. <laughs> like, there's nothing like that. There's no, no one to me. No one jumps out as sure. uh, memorable, except Other- Cheekbone Man. She, well, yeah, other than the protagonist, I guess. And even it's like vague. You're like, is this guy a good guy? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. So he joins him, but then there's like the dumb guy. Cause it's like, and then I start thinking about like, this is like the departed too, where there's like the dumb guy who like totally believes that he's a good guy until he doesn't think he's a good guy. And he happens to be the right place, but because he's kind of dumb, he doesn't pick up on, Oh man, it's a good thing. I was here to save you from these dudes. <laughs> You're like, indeed, that's very convenient (laughs) for the plot that you don't think otherwise. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so yeah, then it just kind of plays out Yojimbo style. The rest of the story where he plays both sides against the other and you get people's explanations of how they got there or how, you know, they didn't set out to be this way. And they're trying to get out of things. Guys are trying to sleep with other guys' wives and girlfriends. And then, like, I want you to kill the other w- wife so because I want to be the top girl. And if you don't tell me, I'm going to say that you raped me. Yeah, that old game, hey? Yeah, that old chestnut. Mm-hmm. So John Woo was going to remake this movie at one point, RJ. Uh, that would have been cool. In 2012, he said he was going to remake it. It was one called Day of the Beast. I mean, I I actually, I I think that's actually kind of a better title than Youth of the Beast. Youth of the Beast. You know, it's a rough translation. Unless you agree that this guy's possibly 15 years old. Which she's she's not. Well, you know, or her. Yeah. Or any of them, for that matter. Mm -hmm. I like Day of the Beast better. Sure. What were you talking about? Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of fits into that nebula of these criterion genre movies, kind of like the killers. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, oh, that's okay. Is this even like uh, the best example of its genre? No. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. So, this is a yeah, Nikatsu uh, production. There's a whole bunch more Nikatsu stuff in the Eclipse series that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't got that much to say about Youth of the Beast. 
Okay, I can talk about it for a while. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. So you that that's your final thought is you don't have lots to say about this? No, it, yeah, it, it just it felt like kind of just um very 60s Japanese sort of like low budget crime stuff. And I've mm-hmm. seen I I have a bunch of this stuff. I own like these the Arrow Blu-rays and sure. I I have even and I've totally if I, you know, my, my basement didn't flood, I, I would have maybe, maybe even watched uh, the one, was it Detective Bureau, Go to Hell, one, two, three, whatever the it's crazy title is. Yeah, that doesn't sound complicated at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, Detective Bureau, two, three, Go to Hell, Bastards. That's the movie that he came, he made just before this one. Okay. I yeah. mean, that's a, it is kind of a cool title. It's complicated, but it's cool. Complicated. Complicated. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, you were you were going to talk about <laughs> Youth of the Beast, right? I was going to talk about Youth of the Beast. Uh, this movie is wacky, man. This is one of the wackiest things I've ever seen. Uh, really wackiest? Not ever, ever, seen. ever. This is one of the wackiest things I've seen recently. Okay, I think this thing is like proto anime type uh, stuff, where it's like I find a lot of uh, animes that I've seen, and I, I'll admit. I haven't seen a whole lot, mm-hmm. but the, the wackiness nature of that stuff where it's like, you go from like dudes beating each other up to like this, so these like getting beat up. And then, then it goes to like zany antics. And then it goes to like, other like to melodrama for a while. This movie's like 50 greasers in melodrama dudes getting beat up like rough. And then it's also like, old like a ton of like switcheroos it's like we got gotcha. you mm-hmm. and then it's like but we double got gotcha. you yeah. and then we triple got gotcha. you yeah. and like it's just going over and over again i was like this is some zany ass shit right here Jared. that's the best way i could describe this zany ass shit zany ass shit where it's like every scene that's set up it's like i'm here to intimidate the boss it's like we knew you were here to intimidate the boss we're here to intimidate you and it's like i knew you'd know that i was here to intimidate the boss and you'd know that i was here to intimidate you Mm -hmm. and then it's like but i was also aware of that and now i'm double intimidating you and it's like scenes where it's like the guy who has like he comes in to fight them and then there's the guy in the window with the gun and then the rifle like stock or barrel comes up from under the window to the guy there's all these like double triple uh, like things in this and that's what i mean it's like i feel like this is like anime when i was watching it i was like this, this is like every anime i've ever watched just because like it's neon, like, like just like neon genesis just like neon genesis man and akira uh just like akira just like uh grave of the fireflies it's almost like that too identical identical no i'm good, talking about good call the- you convinced me <laughs> i'm talking about the zany ones man zany yeah. but it is also i i do feel like it is also like melodrama a little bit uh like with some of the relationships that are going on in uh, mm-hmm. this one no um and like even just the main character like you said like yo jimbo kind of stuff it's like it's all in this like wheelhouse here where it's like, I I've seen, uh, I've seen elements of this kind of scattered throughout other like TV shows, books, I don't know, manga movies, that kind of stuff. But does it work? Uh, so here's my, here's my take on this. I actually don't mind you through the beast, uh, because it's, it's very wacky. Uh, I actually, I think this thing is more of a criterion movie than a lot of the other ones we've watched recently just because it is like 
it's like i don't i don't know how else to describe it than zany wacky and goofy <laughs> uh but like so in comparison like tokyo drifter and uh whatever that other one was i wasn't branded huge, to kill branded to kill i wasn't huge into those where i was like i was they're like very, I see, they're very similar they're but, very but, similar and, uh, but i'd say this is less stylized yeah where those ones are more stylized more deep aesthetic you know the deep aesthetic state uh so i don't know like i wouldn't say those those ones before i didn't like too much and this one too like i'm not gonna i'm not a hard champion of this movie i'm not like you gotta watch this or anything like that but i was like i can kind of see why uh why this movie is in here um i also think this one uh this really reminded me of a nicholas winding reffin for some reason like i feel like this would just be his favorite movie this movie and like branded kill tokyo drift uh drifter i i feel like these are his favorite movies Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you'd agree with that or like, so like I was just like looking up my, the movies I've seen, uh, Japanese movies I've logged, I guess on Letterboxd in the yeah. last like eight years. And there's like 46, 47, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Sajin Suzuki's is like not one of my favorite guys. Like most of his yeah. movies are about three out of five for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, I did like, uh, his take aim at the police fan. Maybe it's because it's got such a great title, but this is very much of this era. Like there was a, it's some of these movies have, I think much better titles than mm-hmm. uh, youth of the beast. Cause it's like, what does that mean compared to say a cult is my passport? Uh, a cult is my passport. That's kind of yeah. cool. I like yeah. that. And then there, yeah, from that same bo- Nikatsu uh, noir box that there's intimidation and the warped ones, which I think are just as good and or arguably better it looks like because i gave him some three and a halfs their way it's not bad not bad not bad and then like kind of in the 70s you really hit their their stride with kind of like that uh more not not necessarily pinku but even far zanier than this movie uh even zanier is that possible jared yeah well you're you're like your stray cat rock movies the uh movie like sex and fury Mm -hmm. or uh let's take a gander here what would be something i'd throw out there that i'm like people should just check this out instead but i mean if i if i got it's like watch the female prisoner scorpion movies oh by are those Joe. zany they are they're they're pretty awesome okay yeah yeah this this to me feels very like okay you've seen more of this stuff than i have i get yeah and i mean some people like so one of the uh cringiest things i saw looking up stuff about this movie was the essay that accompanies this movie on dvd uh by one howard hampton and it Uh, is sounds like a weeb and it is so 2005 in the way it's Mm. written um, it's kind of like how Warren Ellis and Matt Fraction would write back oh. in like 2001. <laughs> and people were saying. still writing in this internet way of talking about like Japanese things. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Was not, was pretty like, <laughs> there's like, cause there's no information. Cause especially compared to the fighting elegy essay that actually has information. This was just all yeah. like, this actually, the essay was all style and the substance how do you think that guy would have written a review of uh drive uh exactly the same exactly the same okay yeah uh, yeah here's the headline uh the the title of his screaming target 
let me just read this first paragraph. Okay. So, so, sn- okay, just shut up and watch. So snarls a frenzied gangster pip to babyface tough Joe Shishido as the creep whips a prostate, prostrate prostitute. There's plenty for the naked eye to absorb. The delicate calligraphic detail of the bloody lash marks set off by her tasteful black cocktail dress and the no. even redder carpet where she sprawled like a Jackie O ragdoll. The no. psycho's horn-rimmed glasses are a nice conservative touch. He fumes like an accountant gone mad. Outside the mansion's sliding glass doors, a freakish forbidden planet sandstorm is raging an ill wind blowing straight from the id. If this were a goy... Oh. If this were a Goya etching, it could be uh. the sleep of reason breeds mobsters. Now the historical woman tries to flee into the orange yellow desert, but whip boy leaps the railing and catches her resuming his attack as the camera captures the whole sequence in one virtually static shot from inside the yawning house in its sang Freud stoicism. This eloquently Ugh. doorway to hell view suggests Ozu. If an action imp spiked his green tea with acid, the, the assailant falls on her. Then a jagged cut to him as he fervently kisses his half nude victim her limp fingers tracing unconscious lines in the dunes and then uh the next sentence of the next paragraph uh he refers to an axiomatic world coming into sudden focus it's a visceral universe of brutal non sequiturs and coolly theatrical artifice given genre materials a casual he man ray makeover one whose limpid irrationality seems to look back towards silent cinema, even as it basks in the wild crypto pop stylization. Enough. <laughs> Enough of this person. Where did this person work? Nowhere. There's there's no like little bio or anything. Usually they have like a so-and-so writes for something yeah. or they teach somewhere. This this is Howie, Howie Hampton. Look <laughs> him up, folks. Let us know. It's like they found his review on like Rotten Tomatoes 2002 and they're like, this is good. We can That's, throw this in here. Yeah, this it, it, to me is like very, uh, look, at, look at me go. I'm writing an essay for the goddamn Criterion Collection and it's a Japanese Yakuza movie. Could you... I mean, that's horrible up front, but could you imagine if they asked you and me to write an essay for a, a Criterion film? For Salo, perhaps? A, con- a, a conversation between like, creeps. If they just wrote the like transcript uh, one of our episodes and packaged that as the uh, the essay. What movie would we talk about if we could pick which one would we pick that's if we could pick it can't it can't we can't have already talked about it and it can't already be in the collection it has to come out now Hmm, this is a good one i'm interested to see what other people think that's a good idea tremors tremors is my Uh, guess unfortunately arrow has already put it out just this week ago buddy (sighs) well arrow's not part of the uh the criterion proper remember so yeah
あごっついもんやな今のより喧嘩の奥義を授けたろおなごに心を惹かれるようなやつは男の中の男になられへんぞ次の汽車ですぐ岡山に帰らなくちゃいけないの一目記録ちゃんに会いたくてやってきたのよえそりゃよう来てくれはりましたな記録ちゃんこっちじゃ喧嘩をしないでおとなしくしてた1966. No tagline either, but we have a synopsis. Hiroko boards with a Roman Catholic family and falls for the daughter Michiko. He ignores his feelings, joins a gang, gets in fights, and eventually becomes involved with the, the radical Kita Ichi Iki group.、Uh, yeah, that's yeah. definitely what those words were. <laughs> I'm、Kita、not going to pronounce them. Kita Iki. Yeah. Yeah.、Uh, what's that fish that from Hawaii where it's like kua kua mua pukana? Do you remember that one? I do not. Yeah, well, it's、uh, from、uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I know you're,、uh, you're a big,、um, big guy for that film. Anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah. So, Youth of the Beast was a contemporary movie for its, of its time, and Fighting Elegy is a period piece. Set in 1930s Japan, RJ.、Uh, is it though? It is. It is before World War II. Did they mention that specifically in this? They、film? did not, RJ. Well, then I, I, how was I supposed to know? Exactly. And this is a, a fair point, I think, because、yeah. I don't know if this movie、uh, gives a lot of context in it, within itself of what you're、yeah. watching if you don't look up some of this information. I mean, I don't know if it needs the context, but it's like if they want people to know that, they should probably say that, right? Well, I guess this is、uh, a movie that was made、um, probably on a fairly low budget and、uh, for Japanese market. Probably not. I don't know if、mm. uh, Suzuki necessarily imagined this movie would be seen widely, or maybe、uh, the history of like kind of the rise of Japanese imperial nationalism. Uh, was, would have been maybe well, more well known to、uh, international audiences in 1966. Whereas now it's kind of like、uh, you, have to, you have to be a buff, a history buff. So you're saying that. Or maybe,、uh, maybe even have like a starting point of seeing Mishima 
knowing Mishima, mm. who's kind of like later than this, obviously. Okay. But there's there's sort of a that's the this is the beginning of what gives way to Mishima, RJ. You know about that Mishima? I do, I do. So this is connected to that. Yeah. So the the Kita Iki chap that shows up in this movie and talks yeah. to our uh, our protagonist. Um, he, that's that's the guy who was. Ex- that's Mishima. No, Mister Mishima himself. No. Oh, okay. He comes later. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been better if that guy in Mishima's name was just Mishima? Just like Mr. Mishima. No. And then the guy in this name was Mr. Elegy. Mr. Elegy. You mean like people should just be named the title of the movie? Like Joker? <laughs> yeah. Joker, Mr. Beast, Mr. Fight Cag- Mr. Fight Club. Uh, <laughs> you, you're, you, you sound like my parents renting videotapes at Blockbuster. We watched that uh, Mr. Kagamusha and uh, he was not a nice guy. We watched uh, uh, that movie with that dr- guy, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, I know the guy Jurassic Park. Yeah. So my first note on fighting LG is it's no love exposure. Uh, Well, yes. Uh, I mean, it is no love exposure, but I have a different opinion of that movie than I think most people. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Um, I don't know. And my next note here, RJ, was, RJ, you know about Japanese nationalism? You know about that Mishima? Oh, I know all about nationalism. Isolationalism, even. Wow. It was a, uh, mm-hmm. Well, it was a self-isolationalism is what they imposed for a while. You know about that? Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that? No. Yeah, that's uh, it's part of the game, man. So, uh, so what is this movie? Uh, it is a film adaptation of a novel, the first half of a novel, mm-hmm. which I think for me explains this weird car crashness, sudden car crashness of the ending, mm-hmm. where you kind of feel like that doesn't feel like the whole story. I don't know. That maybe that's just me. Uh, no, I'm kind of with you. There, there's, there's a bit of a gap here. You're kind of like, hmm. It's just like, yeah, that's it. And he's now he's joining the army. And you're like, wait, but where's the end of it? And but apparently that there was uh Suzuki wanted to write the second half. Like he wanted to make a second movie that would tell the second half of the novel, which is where uh Kiroku, of course, joins the army and dies in battle in China. I mean, it's story of my life. If I had a nickel for every time that's happened, you know what I mean? Uh, so the, the screenwriter of this is also the same chap who brought us Onibaba. Oh, I like Onibaba more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say. You know. um, so just like a couple weeks ago, I was playing some River City Ransom. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and that that movie came to mind or that game came to mind watching this movie a lot because <laughs> there is so many mm-hmm. be- there's just so many people getting just beat up, up beaten up and you're like not exactly sure why each faction is beating up this poor fucking guy yeah it's like he just can't do anything right he can't make anybody happy um sometimes they're like, it feels oh. like he's a host of a criterion podcast <laughs> exactly on youtube well i mean somewhere sorry i cut you off you were saying something oh. No, uh, they're just uh, this guy. He's just getting beat on left yeah. and right. He's um, getting beat off by dudes all over town. It's horrible. Horrible. And, and he's beaten off 
dudes all over town and and beating off he's he's literally masturbating in this movie uh well no, well he he is but he also tries not to he he tries he's trying to be a good catholic boy rj well he's trying to be something because this is uh this is part of that that oddity of like catholicism in sure. japanese movies that's always yeah. kind of like what's up with that well, they had why, a read why, on the why situation. Does, why, do, why does Neon Genesis have Adam and Eve and giant crosses? And I don't know. Maybe uh, Catholicism is the oldest story ever told. Do you ever think about that? It's mm. not Jurassic Park, even but if it, people tell you it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, so again, in between these two movies, uh, the, the thing that comes to my mind is guys getting kicked in the face. Just, just, foot, just getting kicked over and over again that looks like that's not good it's not good it's not good good it's not good getting kicked in the head you don't like getting kicked in the head not even once i've got kicked in the head before and these guys are just getting fucking soccer kicked i got kicked in the head with a cleat once that sucked what what did you do to deserve it anything like this guy was doing I think I said that uh, I thought a movie was like a, an anime and some dude just kicked me right in the head. Well, you had it coming. Well, I mean, well, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of full on headers in this one. There's a lot of fighting. And one thing I actually do like about this movie is uh, the exhaustion of fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on full display in this one. Fighting takes it out of you. Yeah, there's like some almost uh, old boy like staging of like these like mm-hmm. mobs of dudes just descending, and eventually they're like, "We got to get the fuck out of here." They jump through window panes mm-hmm. at first, uh, escape in one building, and they make it out to their to the car and somehow get into open the door, get into the car, close the door before this mob that's like right beside them just encloses them. One guy yeah. gets get stuck in the window because slapstick. Hijinks, yeah. hijinks ensue. Is it zany? There, there, there is there, there's some zany hijinks I think that are in both these films. Even though this is definitely the more serious, somber movie. Yeah, to a point. Yeah, but there is some zaniness. It's like the Animaniacs. Have you ever seen that? I I have as a as a lad. Do you think this is anything? Do, do I think this is anything like Animaniacs? Yeah it didn't occur to me but i did think I, I did think about river city ransom uh yeah i mean so if youth of the beast is proto anime river uh fighting elegy is proto beat em up like games exactly i'm gonna just keep saying proto until uh someone gets mad at me on the internet mm-hmm. which will be tomorrow morning maybe potentially so yeah uh, this is the story of um kiroku and he's just trying to make his way in life like we all are is it a sad bastard story? Uh, uh, well, I think you're the authority on that. You'd have to tell me. It didn't occur to me. He didn't seem particularly sad. He seemed like mix, he seemed more mixed up. I mean, I think he's he's more like just frustrated, right? Where he's just like, well, he's just like everyone's an idiot. He's really he's like a uh, Salinger character. He's like mm-hmm. catcher in the rye. He's like you're all idiots. You're all phonies. You're all phonies, you idiots. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I mean, in one one of those potential solutions to like these frustrations that he's feeling, um, he feels like people aren't like they're not good enough for him, and they're not like living up to the expectation that he has for himself. Uh, and yeah. so he's there's like that string of uh, disappointment, I guess. And then he he's trying to find like some sort of group to fall into, be it um, be it church, I guess, or like this like the family of this church and. Uh, with the the landlady's daughter uh yeah yeah so the keeps coming back to her and her piano yeah and then he's so he's like be right back and then he goes out and fights some dudes but is that just a metaphor is that a metaphor beaten dudes i don't know you tell me no uh but yeah he's going to military school that's uh not going great he joins a, a gang who hasn't been there? Mm-hmm. And then he like, what does he do? He basically joins the the. I don't know. It's I'm trying to pinpoint what he joins and what he doesn't join because it seems like he's going like these groups all kind of blend together. And yeah, I feel like the movie doesn't explain very well what this school is because like is this military school is he like a military academy but it's like it's a school with a military bent yeah well it's like like they keep calling it middle school and then yeah it's like i think it's just i think it's like you said i think it's just a school but it has a military uh flavor and then i'm gonna use right and then there's like what is it the osms gang which is like about breaking rules of the school oh yeah and they're like we're rebelling he's like my t-shirt has a picture on it mm-hmm. yeah but, and, but but you're also supposed to abstain you're From... to be uh well you're supposed to be celibate mm. so as opposed is to, that voluntary it is a vol cell oh well i mean but is it their choice or is it imposed on them it's their choice because they're they're joining the group, so you have to become oh, you have to volunteer to be part of it. Yeah. What about our main our main duck here? Is he voluntary? Yes. Himself? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, exactly what it is. RJ, I, mean, I respectfully disagree, but uh, you know, to each their own. I'd like to see what it. I'd like to get some uh, YouTube comments on uh, the definition of an incel and uh, just see what people think. I'm not even going to bring it up. People don't like when I bring that up. No. Not you specifically, but other people. Other people. No. You know what I mean? So uh, a lot of this movie is gang warfare, silliness. Yep. There's a little bit of experimentation with form of film with like blacked out frames, kind of Godard-ish. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of flares like that. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, he finds out that uh, Michiko, his his like the woman, the woman he loves, she's she's just gonna go off and uh, she's gonna be a nun. Well, hasn't that happened to you before? No, no. You never wanted to become a nun. No, nor have I want, been near anyone that wanted to become a nun. I thought about it three times today. I bet. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll just leave it all. Be a nun. Who would know? You, you know, you, you Catholics. Hey, you know what the biggest thing is? It's about trying to improve everything. 
Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I think mostly what it is is being the nun is just saying it's the big uh, fuck it to everything. It's like, fuck all these people, all these possessions, these criterion films. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go live in a hut. Go live in a hut and uh, train my body. I'm going to sit. I'm going to uh, sit on no chair. And just Yeah. Why? You know? Why? Why do I get a chair? Other people have no chair. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not wear shoes. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. live a austere Spartan life. I'm gonna train myself, better myself, be better, lead by example. Society will come around, coalesce around me, and celebrate me. But think, I'm indifferent. But I'm indifferent to that. I think I'm understanding your uh, your main concern here. Uh, is it the no shoes thing? I know you're not a big foot oh. person. Is that is that the issue you have? Uh, RJ, it's very upsetting. Well. I'm going to wear flip-flops next time I see you. No. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, the, the movie ends with, um, uh, Karaku heading out to mm-hmm. join a coup. Uh, what kind? Um, well, you know, Capitol uh, Hill kind or, uh, well, we don't see how it works out for him. Uh, I know, oh, okay. I know in uh, in the history books, this uh, Ikikita chap, he uh, the coup that the attempt fails. Yeah, and he's executed. Oh, cool. No, I mean, I would have done the same. I'm not in, inciting violence of any kind. You know, everyone be yeah. happy with each other. But you know, so this this movie is kind of about the. Um, a, 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 a certain form of fascism, which kind? Youth, youth. Oh, okay. So, some ways, this should be youth of the beast, perhaps. I mean, that would it makes more sense for this one. Maybe to be this is, that that is the name of the novel of of this. So. Oh, so what? Suzuki is just fucking around, or what? He's, he's just fucking with you, man. Damn. All right. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, of the two movies. I would say this is the better of the Jordan more, more interesting as a, mm-hmm. as a drama or whatever, but sure. uh, yeah, I don't know. It uh, again, the, the Suzuki stuff, they leave me wanting. Yep. I, um, I mostly agree with you. Uh, the Suzuki stuff. I'm not like super on board. I did like you said the be like these two. I actually think I'm, better with than the first two and i think it's kind of like what you noticed where that first hundred i was really down on movies sometimes but uh i think it's just now i'm so weathered by the criterion 270 movies later yeah where it's like it's like whatever but uh these ones i definitely uh i honestly which people will probably get mad about because everyone's so into those other ones um i was kind of like I was like, I think these ones might be better than those other two. Uh, I think Youth of the Beast has some some fun stuff in it. So I was like, that's pretty cool. And for Fighting Elegy, I'm kind of on board with you for some of this stuff. Uh, I, I like the fighting. I think this character's uh, like onslaught of fighting people is more believable than in Youth of the Beast, where he's just like, I'm going to go fight everyone. And you're like, all right. Um, what was I going to say? Um this one's got real animal violence, but so that's not cool. They kill that snake, and I don't like snakes, but you know, it's like okay. Friday. It's almost like Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, well, it's, 
he smacks it, you know, with with his weird uh, his sponge razor, yeah. Which that thing's like flying into people's like faces and shit, which mm-hmm. is like pretty pretty rancid. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know about these uh, these shows. Um, uh, Use the beast. It's like I said, it's zany. I got some. I got some enjoyment out of it. In fighting analogy, I got some enjoyment out of this too. I liked uh, like seeing people just being so tired from fighting, they're just like throwing their bodies around. So that was cool, also. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know about Suzuki as well. I think no. he's cool. I can. I see why people simp for him. Uh, but uh, see, that's the other thing. This he's this guy's more of a simp than he is an incel. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and I so I see I do see why uh, Criterion simps that are on board with this dude. I get it now, but uh, I'm not one of them. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, what what are you thinking about this emerging theme genre subgenre in the Criterion collection of the disaffected youth? As far as like, because it comes up often in movies, and Criterion's yeah. got a pretty good uh, good chunk of uh these types of movies like from like say 400 blows mm-hmm. um i'm trying to remember the name of that really that one i liked a lot uh il posto oh yeah el posto is good what about jubilee <laughs> does that fit in the disaffected you uh, that, that that fits into the no pile oh right oh. yeah yeah i don't know it's uh i think that's one of those things though that right like that's that old it's just like old dudes are always just like you know the kids these days mm-hmm. it's like yeah kids these days do suck and it's i bad. feel but it's like am i just saying the exact same thing people said 20 years ago or did they uh did boomers like ruin things for everyone mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the disaffected youth classic dog star man <laughs> man t- talk about coming of age am i right mm-hmm. everyone's always like you know lady bird or other coming of age stories but it's like give me dog star man that's what i'm talking about or, or the pinnacle of uh growing into manhood i vitilioni hey vitilioni i am 45 <laughs> but i am only 13 wow 20 2013 no <laughs> yeah remember how they got those 40 year olds playing 20 what about uh george george washington oh god one time a dog raped me and so I kill every dog I see now and then you go what? And, and now I direct Halloween movies. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so sick of fucking David Michael or David Gordon, Gordon Green yeah. and like his thing where because what are they getting him to revamp now? The Exorcist? Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Actually, the Exorcist. He, I mean the, his Halloween was barely successful. Like who's throwing this guy back into revamping all of these franchises? I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't, well, well, but it's like, yeah, less David Gordon Green, more Suzuki. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to think anymore. As I always say, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I just want to point out that David Gordon Green's uh, Halloween made two hundred and fifty-five million dollars on a. 10 or 15 million dollar budget so yeah that's pretty mildly successful <laughs> mildly <laughs> okay. co- yeah that's that's why he's now this guy guy yeah yeah okay well all the wrong reasons successful is not the right 
not the right thing to that. But uh, when you watch that though, that film, I'd be I'm more than excited to hear about what you have to say about uh, that new Halloween. Uh, Stay I, inside I, your house. I'm a doctor, and then you go. Huh? And a podcaster. We're podcasters. Tell us your name, and you go. What? You want you want to hear about uh, who hates these movies? Oh yeah, that's a thing we do for this film or this yeah. Youth of the Beast. Okay. We got Niels Mathis. Oh yeah. Two stars. An early Suzuki that show signs of a budding director. Budding. The film budding. is a little more than a typical Yakuza tale, but a more outspoken set design, decent use of color, and the presence of Joe Shishido give the film some extra flair. It's not a bad effort, but a little too basic to be engaging, especially when comparing it to wow. Suzuki's later films. Yeah, because he does like, we well, there's like a. Is it like a trilogy of Suzuki movies coming up? Like soon? Uh in the next probably year or two, yeah. Yeah. It's hey, like uh like, like story of a prostitute. It's okay. called the God, there's a few of these things. There's the one called the Taisho trilogy, and I don't know if that's not it. That's a different set. Uh okay. That's from Arrow. So Arrow's got mm. that covered, but no, there's like a, a few movies. Gates of Flesh got got good titles. Mm. Those are good titles. That's one thing. That's one thing you can't take away from this guy. Pretty pretty good titles. Tokyo Drifter, yeah. Branded to Kill. Yep, pretty they are tough. good titles. Uh, so this person, this Niels, who I think is maybe South African, uh, based on uh some of the language I'm seeing here, yeah. uh, they're they're a total weeb. This person, lots of anime. They have a. Uh, Grave of the Firefly, uh, Fireflies in their favorite films. Uh, and then it says, looking for a rare gem? Check out my all-time favorites. Jared, here's some rare gems for you. Some of these actually I don't know. But, uh, you know, Grave of the Fireflies, Pie by Darren Aronofsky, uh, Ghost in the Shell, that's a rare gem. Uh, Hardcore Henry, My Neighbor Totoro, that's, that's a pretty rare gem. You know what I forgot to mention? What? So in our for our news, RJ, yeah. I forgot to mention about Aronofsky's new movie. Oh man, that sounds so good. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, who's working his way up to be a six hundred pound man. Oh man, it sounds great. I, I really look forward to it. Oh goddamn, that looks good. Uh, so Niels will be on board because he's got a ton of Aronofsky films in their favorites. You know what's weird though? This person's half star films include things like A Fistful of Dollars. And my darling Clementine, and out of Africa. Well, I mean, fist, fistful of dollars is a Yojimbo job. That's true. Yeah. What about uh, out of Africa? I know you're a big out of Africa guy. Uh, nope. What about the vanishing Spurlos version? Half a star. What? That's what about wild. the Last Temptation of Christ? Half a star. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Can you give this two? Um, yeah. And then we got James Vincent with two stars. Sure we do. One of the antagonists spends several scenes patting a fluffy cat. This isn't a movie asking to be taken seriously, and the ridiculous things about Youth of the Beast are precisely what gives it colorful bursts of fun. I had trouble engaging with Suzuki's film for a couple of reasons. The screenplay and editing are both problematic for me. 
The editing in particular frequently cuts from the noisy action-packed scenes to a quiet and reserved one, and, concert and conversations regularly feel cut short. This is a very good-looking movie, but far from, from Suzuki's most stylish. On pretty much all fronts, Youth of the Beast is a film which, for me, feels lacking aside from its aesthetics. Seems fair to me. I don't know, man. This person gave George Washington five stars. Oh, dear. They also gave Drive five stars. Oh, dear. So, I mean, you want to talk about aesthetics. Let's talk about fucking aesthetics. I don't know. It's a... Uh, this person's about what you'd think for liked movies, but they gave Billy Madison a one star, which I don't think is fair. Uh, on to Fighting Elegy. Mm-hmm. Two stars from Lance Grab Miller. <laughs> This one is a bit silly and doesn't have quite enough of the visual pizzazz I want from a Suzuki film. Um, what kind of pizzazz do they want? We'll, we'll see. Let's take a look. Well, their favorite films are Eight and a Half, Weekend, Brazil, and Wings of Desire. Oh, boy. They only have two five-star films, Eight and a Half and Stalker. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, half-star films, Forbidden World the fuck uh, i don't know what those other ones are one star hmm. films uh the shooting with jack nicholson uh the gore gore girls <laughs> the monster club uh phantom paradise i don't know hmm. this, per- this person well they got a lot of movies logged i don't know okay what their deal is finally kyle p smith two stars yeah. really struggled with this one suzuki's disinterest and coherence only works when his style can make up for it aside from a fun opening and a pair of decent brawls this satire i put it in quotes because i don't think i'm of the era or nationality to understand it mm. bored me to the bone that's fair no i think i mean <laughs> it is like that's the one thing they're, they're, these movies are very slapstickish. Yeah, they're zany. Yeah. Zany. Uh, Kyle P. Smith gave um, uh, This is 40 half a star. So I'm kind of on board with that. They gave Ghost Dad one star, Jared. Yeah, pro- that's pretty generous, I would guess. Hey, that's a Sydney Poitier film, my man. <laughs> my man. But they gave, I don't know, it's five stars to speed. That just seems ironic. Right? Is anyone giving five stars to speed? Like, honestly, I don't think so. I wouldn't, but whatever. I'm looking at their other, I don't know, there's nothing interesting here. Yeah. Sounds good. So we're four deep in Suzuki, and uh, we'll we'll meet him again down the creeps road. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts on these movies, RJ? No. Fine. They're zany like the Animaniacs. Um, after the break, RJ and I get sucked into some weird fascist kind of cult thing and uh, go to commit a coup in a capital... You, you better be careful, friend. Oh, no. <laughs> you better be real careful. I mean, it is kind of an odd coincidence that we're watching this movie <laughs> right now. It always is. Isn't it always though? Mm-hmm. It could have, it could have been two weeks ago and been like, eh. Yeah. I noticed. 
but it, it, it didn't change much in my <laughs> viewing, I guess. I, I mean, there's not enough people getting just beating the shit out of around me for this to really uh, resound. But I mean, RJ's got the Catholic thing going on over there. I got, I got something going on. I'll yeah. tell you about it, but not tonight. So, um, yeah, I, I guess to after after the break, mm-hmm. uh, you'll have to wait till the second movie comes out. Which second movie? The one that never gets made. The remake? The second half of the novel. Huh? If you walk into a city and you needed to play two sides against one another to come out on top, what would you choose as those two sides? What what industry would they be in? What interests do they represent? I think the only interests that really matter... Um, Manchu Walk? Manchu Walk or uh, Edo, I, I think. Which side are you on? Are you a Manchu play, Walk play, guy? Play them play off from both sides of the food court. I mean, I would play both sides to win, but uh, Manchu Walker Edo, what 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 side of the war are you on? Opa's. Opa, get out of here with New that York. Opa shit. <laughs> New York fries. This dude's probably getting a fucking cheese dog from Orange Julius, for all I know. <laughs> oh my god, Opa, get out of here. You can email us at criteriancrease at gmail and uh, tell us if you like to throw plates and yell things uh-huh. we can do that. we've got a facebook page we're on instagram we're on letterbox i'm jared duncan he's barnloaf uh we have nowhere to log our ds9 reviews which is very sad so you're just gonna have to keep listening to our podcast uh-huh. we're on soundcloud stitcher itunes google play we've got youtube we've got patreon next week rj yeah. we've got another double header uh spines 270 and 271 in the criterion collection jacques becker casque d'or from 1952 and touches pas from 1954 none of these sound like real movies jacques becker that's not a real person come on touches pas huh huh two of them I don't like it. You're not a fan. You're going to love it. I'm not a fan. Let me tell you. Good. Not a fan. Only fans. Ooh.